Medical news from Nuprin. Moments ago, a medical study reported the best news for tough headaches in over 10 years. Beyond regular strength aspirin, beyond extra strength Tylenol, there's a higher level of pain-relieving strength, Nuprin strength. Two little Nuprin are stronger than extra strength Tylenol, so Nuprin stops headaches better. And remember, Nuprin is gentler to your stomach than aspirin. For strength beyond extra strength Tylenol, Nuprin strength. They're changing. Dynasty and Hotel will not be seen tonight, but will return next week at their regular times. Stay tuned now for the following Christmas Eve special. That's wonderful. treat for the whole family. I want to start blasting by the 24th. Oil drilling on the North Pole. There's a very good chance you're going to blow up Santa Claus. Two minutes. Without help, this Christmas could be history. No one beats us. Art Carney. Oh, no, they're starting a dynamite again. Jacqueline Smith and Paul Williams race to rescue St. Nick. One minute, 30 seconds. Is it curtains for the clauses or the night they saved Christmas? Terminate the countdown. Eight, seven, next, six. Christmas cookies and holiday hearts. That's the way the holiday starts. Christmas cookies and holiday hearts. Goody, goody, yum, yum, yum. Merry Christmas, Blake! <laughs> <laughs> Drink a little too much eggnog tonight. I'm sorry. Getting in the spirit. Yeah, what happened was, um, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I, I just had a little too much eggnog. I spiked it. Blake didn't, he refrained. I got a little too drunk. And then the heads, the, you know, everything started spinning, and Blake had to hold me until I was able to, like, just. <laughs> You know, I was like, Blake, Blake, the, the room's spinning, Blake. I'm on, the, I'm on the floor trying to hold on. It's going to be all right, Dion. Yeah, you're going to be all right. You know, and he, he, We're going to get through this. Yeah, you know. Um, and that's, uh, and luckily I didn't go th- run to the bathroom and throw up and, and, uh, and then, and then slip my old vomit. <laughs> like that's a store for another time. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is from a, a whole, from one of our college experiences. Which we might've talked about in the thing. Oh, did we? Was we that? might have, because it was the night we saw the we saw the screening of the thing. Oh, that was the night we saw the screening. Yeah, so yeah, that story might be in the thing podcast. And it's funny that we talk about very this. well. Could be. I'm just saying it yeah. was that night. <laughs> we talk we talk about this like it was yesterday, but little do we know it was this was 30 was, years ago. <laughs> it, was, it was close to 20. 20 years ago, unbelievable. Um, well, we're we're ushering in the holiday season with a com- complete surprise, at least to Blake, <laughs> and to me yes. as well. Never even heard of this movie before. <laughs> <laughs> That's how amazing this is. Yeah, I popped in the tape. He's like, we're gonna watch something. Yeah. I went <laughs> <laughs> like it's a Nintendo cartridge. Yeah. <laughs> I was and Blake's like, you don't need to do that. But it gets you by. <laughs> and then I was, I was, I was sticking my remote in to keep it down when you push it down. And the place, you don't need to do that. It's, it's not a, I was like, oh, I'm getting my uh, my thingies mixed up. Um, 
but yes, this is a this is an interesting, weird hole in the wall movie uh, that I hadn't seen since 1985, no, six or seven, since the 80s. Well, before we dive into the movie, yeah, yeah, let's keep keep with the Christmas spirit. Yeah, I brought you a present. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait until I sobered up. To bring me something. It's nothing big. Because you knew that I wouldn't be able to appreciate it. Piss drunk. I just figured we're jumping into the Christmas season. I had this. Oh, Jesus. I thought maybe I'd wait, present, wait, wait, before you do it, we present I, it to I, you Full early. disclosure, I don't know what he is. Yeah, it could be, you, he could be killing me on... on, on <laughs> <laughs> Blink! Why? <laughs> Brought my silence so yeah. far. <laughs> wait until we started recording. What do you got? What do you got? I have... Uh, He's pulling something, something out of his... Something small, just a little trinket of my appreciation. It's a patch. Wow. Blake has made me an official <laughs> counselor at Camp Crystal Lake. It's a patch for Camp Crystal Lake counselor. Where'd you get this? This is nice. It's, I don't know. It might be iron on. Maybe I think you can I feel iron like it's an, yeah, right it, it's it's an embroidered kind of a patch. Let's do it right now. <laughs> Come on, let's just let's bring out the iron. Let's just take your lighter out. We'll light it up like my knife, and we'll just. <laughs> that's so awesome. Thank you so much. It's a it's a it's a, a patch for uh, Crystal Lake Camp Counselor. A little throwback <clears> to our <throat> uh, Jason lives. Podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah, which has been pretty popular. So yeah. I'm glad people have been liking the uh, Friday 13th part um, say. <laughs> um, this reminds me of, there's this whole subculture I've noticed of if you go to conventions and stuff where they have the um, uh, the patches you can buy. Yeah. And then it's funny to see that all these, you know, you have, you have patches for everything. You have like, uh, I've seen patches for like, Really in the wood, in the weed stuff like Alien. What's the name of that company? The oh um, yeah, Wayland. Wayland. Yeah, you have that. You have Blade Runner. You have Terrell. You have uh, um, Last Starfighter. You have. Um, I mean, you know. And then that's what we should do. We should both buy '80s jeans jackets. <laughs> the denim. <laughs> De- a denim. Yeah. <laughs> Just start putting patches. Just put patches. Over. But I mean, I guess that would kind of be. Uh, f- futile because it'd be too many patches. We I, need yeah. to buy one of each and then put a patch on each one. There was a. Uh, a couple years ago. I guess they do it every year. But well, thank I, you. Thank you very uh, much. My, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night. Uh, there was like a street. Basically, when you live in the city, you can't have a garage sale because you don't have a garage. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have a yard sale. So you, can't, you don't have a yard, so you can't have a yard can't sale. You can't have no tag sale. <laughs> so what they do is they block off a street and you bring out a table. And I guess you sign up for it. I've never done it, but I've walked through it. Like Sounds a, 44th, a, lot, a lot of urban planning. Fourth Street. Yeah. You bring out a table, you bring it out of your junk, and you sell your junk. So I was walking through one time, and this guy had, you know, a binder. Uh, old school, you know, where it was obviously like cardboard binder. Like the kind you would have had in school, but it would, but when it, it was like, instead of plastic, it was like a, like a material. Mm-hmm. That when you would draw on it, you know, you feel the pen tip, like, going through all the grooves of it. Yeah. And he had this binder that clearly some kid had in, like, high school or junior high, where he had written, handwritten, like, all the logos of heavy metal bands. Like, drew them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? From, like, the 80s, like, Iron Maiden and, and Quiet Riot. That's what he was Black doing in Zab Stahl and Metallica. Yeah. And he drew them all over the thing. And I was like, this is, this is like, folk art. So this is, like, urban <laughs> folk art. 
This is this is like uh, what's that guy's name though? Remember the guy from Paris, the uh, the banker, or whatever his name was, uh, B- uh, B- Billster. I forget the name. Yeah. But anyway, I thought this was awesome. Banksley. And I was like, I'm gonna buy this. Yeah. And I'm gonna like put. I don't know inspirational things in there. Like yeah, yeah. if I'm working on a script, that's well I'll, I'll put the script. Why in not? There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I asked the guy. I was like, "How much do you want for this?" And it was something crazy. I don't know. It was that like he wanted like twenty bucks for it, and I was like, twenty bucks, <laughs> bro. Come on, bro. I was like, bro, come on. So I never, I didn't buy it because he wanted. So I was like, I would give you like five. That should have gave you inspiration to go and make your own. Damn it. I know, but so that night you were like <clears throat> tying this into what you're talking about. He said, "I also have. I think it must have been from the same guy. He had a denim." jacket jacket where the guy <laughs> painted like that cover from the quiet riot album where the guy's got like the in the in the straight jacket yeah. with, like, with like the hannibal lecter fucked yeah, the whole weird the whole with, mask with, with the hair coming out yeah he like painted it on did he the show back. it to you yeah he oh, had okay. it hanging he, uh, okay he wanted like a hundred and something dollars for it. i wouldn't have bought it anyway Never do, do we know who the me. artist was did he kill this guy <laughs> it's like he, he killed him and put him like in a like trunk and, in the I, basement. and also he had like patches of like metal band patches and stuff but i was like this whoever this guy was who did this binder and this jacket that guy was fucking awesome was the guy that selling all this stuff was he like a long-haired guy in a denim jacket that like no you know, it wasn't his tight stuff. jeans he probably works at sam ash or something he like was that. like a black hipster oh Okay, because um, I, you know, I, 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 you made me think of like, you know, if you go to like Guitar Center, you know, those dudes who are very pretentious yeah, yeah. that are like in the guitar aisle, like, yeah, bro, you can't play those. <laughs> you want me to show you how this works? I'll play you some Steve I. But even know? if that, even if that binder was ten bucks, I probably would have bought it. But I couldn't do like twenty, twenty-five bucks for it. You never got that. Like old no regret. Up, old, old beat up binder. <laughs> No regret, though. No. Well, no. you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> As you know, Dan, I buy a lot of garbage. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. You got to draw the line somewhere. But it was, if it was a Trapper Keeper, would you have bought it? <laughs> like full-out awesome Trapper Keeper? <laughs> yeah. You know, he was able to somehow take the plastic off, draw, and then put the plastic back on the trapper keeper. Maybe, maybe if it was as unique as that. Well, thank you very much for this. This is this is we're ushering in the, the now we're in the Christmas season, my favorite time of the year. I don't think you can care less about the time of the I year. I really could have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this is why this podcast works. I'm the excited kid about Christmas and Blazer. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, how, how about <laughs> you want me to take you to the store to buy you some stuff? Let's Just go. Just pick a movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever you want. Just pick us up. Yeah, come on. We want to placate you. Just come on. Come on. Be happy. Um, let's see. I was looking for, with this, we had just done two weeks ago um, uh, Sorcerer, and I was thinking, what is the best way to find a pseudo-sequel to Sorcerer? And I said, there's no better way to find a... Uh, a lot of times you have movies that are sequels, but they have nothing to do... You know, it's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. keeps the premise. A lot of horror movies do this. And I found out the movie we're doing this week is... Probably the unknown sequel to Sorcerer. <laughs> as soon as they went to Sorcerer? Yeah, last week we did, uh, two weeks ago, we did uh, William Freakin' Sorcerer, a uh, big favorite of ours, the um, now rediscovered masterpiece by William Freakin'. And uh, this movie uh, we're doing this year is from 1984 called The Night They Saved Christmas. Uh, I think half the audience right now screams that they knew about it. The other half didn't know what the hell we're talking about. What? What? I'm going to skip this mark over their head. <laughs> exactly. They just have a bubble. 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 Or just dot, 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 dot. <laughs> um, I discovered this movie back in the day when uh, I went to um, Catholic school from kindergarten to like f- fourth grade. And then my parents took me out and put me into public school because it was getting a little too expensive. And... Um, 
they used to show us movies to, to, to pass the time sometimes in school. And that's where I, I mean, they showed us like the Ten Commandments. They show us a lot of religious movies, of course. But I also saw for the first time in, in second or third grade in Catholic school, we saw um, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And this was another movie they showed us. And this, they showed it a couple years in a row because I'd seen it a couple times, but I hadn't seen it since. And I always thought about it, like, what the hell is the name of that crazy movie that I, that I remember seeing? And at the time, I knew who Art Carney was, who's in this movie, because I was a Honeymooners fan at the time, and I had seen, like, Firestarter. And also, I had known who Paul Williams was at the time, because I'd seen The Smoking and the Bandits, but I'd also seen the Muppet movie and knew his catalog of scoring the Muppet movie. So it's fun to come, even at a young age, see a movie that you know, like, the people in it. And this was this example of this movie. When, 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 this, you know, when I saw it, you know, I was like, holy crap. And I completely forgot about this movie. I don't even think this movie's on DVD. Or, I mean, it's, I know it's on DVD overseas, like Region yeah. 2. You might be able to find an old video of it. It is on YouTube, but it's a crappy copy on YouTube. You and I had to, you know, I had to go looking in the video with VHS <laughs> boxes in my parents' <laughs> attic to find the darn thing. Yeah. I think you might be able to rent it on Amazon. Oh, you're right. Like two, yeah, for streaming, like Hallmark Channel or something like that, or something. Yeah. Something has it for like uh, two or three ninety nine. This other <clears> than <throat> maybe in the first year, which was probably not a great idea, uh, with my uh, urging us to do it, we did the Bruce Campbell classic Mind Warp. Yes, Mind Warp that nobody seen. <laughs> yeah. Did you think this this ranks up there as? <laughs> I think this ranks up there with obscurity. Probably. Yeah, you're right. You know. Um, <laughs> And I still had a great time doing the Mind Warp cast. Oh, yeah. It was a you fun know? one. I love that movie. Yeah. Mind Warp is like... It's probably a little too early for such an obscure title. Yeah. It's like Matrix meets like... Uh, it's like the time we only had like 100 listeners. If that. And that, those were all just like our parents and our friends and our friends of friends, ex-girlfriends. Uh, and we have this movie here, The the, the, the Night They Saved Christmas. And this brings back so many move, memories and of Christmas time and... Um, Oh, that lovely season! Uh, do you remember? This is this is let's let's. If there's any children in the room, we're gonna ask the listeners to to to, to pause this and have them leave. <laughs> or, or or as they this is where we we getting a little down and dirty. Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, take your trousers down. Get a little obscene now. Um, do you remember the instant uh, in your childhood that you discovered Santa Claus was not the? Uh, real in a sense i don't you don't did you ever have do you remember a time when you thought he was real and then yeah i guess you sure. were your family wasn't a family that just didn't and i've heard there's, there's actually some families you just don't even you know they just, they don't even put the tree up or they just give you money you know i mean they, yeah, yeah. Your, your your family gave you the premise that there was a guy coming down the chimney yeah yeah you know? i don't remember when because then you also <laughs> still pretend like you believe for a couple of years so that you get the because you're worried you're not going to get the presents yeah 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 so you kind of yeah. Dupe your parents into thinking that you still believe in it. You're him. winking at him. I mean, I still believe in him nowadays, but I think I just more believe in the spirit. But I would love, I would cry yeah, if I, I saw know. Santa. I always, I should, you know, I, I would, <laughs> I always feel weird that we do, we go, we go a little Christmas centric, considering the, like the majority of the world doesn't celebrate Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. We live here. This is what this is what America does. Very Christmas centric. Yeah, I mean, place. but that's just America. I mean, you know, Europe does it as well. You know, I mean, I guess if you get out into the Middle East, we could do some like you know, 
Muslim-centric movies. So I always or... feel kind of weird that we do something that kind of excludes a lot of people you know, around this time of year. I feel like even though people in the States, like even people who are Jewish or... Um, I think they tolerate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of them... They're like, what are we going to do? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, they hate You've already beat us into submission. <laughs> I mean, they have their... Uh, they're manure. They get a present every day. I mean, they get little trinkets of chocolate and dreidels and stuff like that. And then poor Jehovah's Witnesses can't even listen to these casts. They're just like, oh, it's, it's holiday related. I can't. We can't listen to this. So we're, we are, I guess, cherry picking what you know people we have listened to. Maybe next year we can find a, a Jewish centric, like Hanukkah Harry or something. You know, we can find some sort of like <laughs> I don't. That's, know. that's the parody of Dirty Harry. Yeah, Hanukkah Harry. You know. Um, but yes, I grew up uh, with Christmas. And and believing in Santa Claus. Yeah. Yes. I remember um, there was a, um, I don't know what the, I remember the realization, but I don't remember my lead up to it. It was one of those things where like, it was around Christmas time and then my mom had just said, don't go into my room and the door shut. And that's like the last thing you can tell the kid. Yeah. Why would you tell me not to go into your room when the door is shut when I'm always able to go into the room? Mm-hmm. So lo and behold, while she was doing something else, probably like, you know, washing clothes in the basement, yeah. I opened the door and went in the room and she had out the presents everywhere. And it was like that shot in Jaws. Yeah, I had the, the Zolly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a Zolly. Yeah, where the... Where the the camera's on a on a dolly and it and it and it and it goes back and then it zooms in at the same time and that's a zolly. Changes the depth of field. Yeah, and, and my the background changes and I just went. <laughs> you heard the Dolby surround sound. You go. <laughs> and I was just like, "What the hell?" And I don't remember necessarily being sad about it. I I, I just remember being like, "Oh, I get it now," and that was kind of like the. I've been lied to. Yeah, I guess, I guess. And it's funny because I remember earlier on being younger, maybe five or six, uh, coming down on Christmas morning and like, uh, and like I feel silly now thinking about it. But like I remember coming down and being in front of my parents and turning to my parents. And they were talking. I was like, shut up. Santa might still be here. <laughs> I went, you know, whatever you say, kid. You know, and they, they used to get me. They would go balls out and get me everything I wanted and everything. And then I remember... That year, I guess, that I found out that it was <laughs> that it was that Santa wasn't real and they were buying me presents. I think the next year I woke up in the middle of the night, um, Christmas Eve and the Christmas Day, came downstairs and then saw the presents were laid out. And I cleverly tried to like I had learned on some like probably 80s like, you know, sitcom that you can you can like, you know, probably steam stuff open. <laughs> <laughs> So I was trying to like, oh, you know, look at the pre- look at what I got, and it's funny because to this day my mom will still say that like, yeah, we had a little mouse uh, visit us that year because all like the presents had like a little hole, and so you know I was trying to turn it around and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and then I remember you know always being excited because I couldn't sleep or I couldn't wait for Christmas Day because I know I was just getting t- you know it turned into like a you know a, a big gift get. You yeah. know, and that was always very exciting for me, you know, and I, I, I'm, you know, and you, you know, I'm, I'm, this is my favorite time of the year. It's always, it's, it's so fun. I like the camaraderie. I like the, I guess because for me, I feel like I'm a child at heart. It gets me, I can go back and rewatch all the stuff that I remember watching as a child. But probably the same feeling goes into watching, say, Garfield's Halloween special every year or something. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's a, it just becomes a tradition, you know. And I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't really grow up. Well, I mean, they were on and if they were on, I watched them. 
But for me, like, the programming was never something I really, like, looked forward yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, well, Charlie Brown Christmas special yeah. or, you know, you know. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we've discussed this before or maybe I've brought this thing up before. I think for the most part, I mean, obviously, there are probably some Charlie Brown fans out there. But for the most part, I we think. We just brought this up in, in a I, month ago in I think Garfield. kids just watch Peanuts to see Snoopy. Yeah. And then you just like tolerate the rest of the <laughs> it is certainly the, rest of the show. The show. Yeah, yeah, it like, is certainly above bar. It becomes yeah, like Lucy's a bitch. Charlie Brown's a little bit of an idiot. There's some sexual tension <laughs> between Peppermint Patty and what's her face. Let's just get Snoopy here to be funny, you know. And there's some dominatrix stuff when she's calling her sir and all that kind of a thing. I mean, it's clearly they're trying to learn. I find now the comics more fulfilling the peanuts than the uh, than the the the, the cartoons and not to say that i'm shitting on or we're shitting on the, the cartoons i still every year will watch the christmas special the, the first one from 65 mm-hmm. but after that i think they do get a little eccentric i don't really care for the great pumpkin i don't really care for the thanksgiving one and then as we said in the garfield halloween special we did a, a couple months ago when they start getting into like uh you know them traveling the world or you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, or once like the, the pilgrims once the adults start talking yeah when they start doing like history like, lessons wah, wah, wah. you know in the beginning it was just like that like trump that wah, 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 yeah. wah. and then yeah, eventually sure. they start yeah. like actually talking you're like this isn't this is this is, this is this is this is poppycock you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know they, they have the valentine's day special and then they get into like history with like pilgrims and all these other ones and i mean you know i probably if if and when I have children, I probably will sit them in front of it and try to put it on, have them learn something like that. But, you know, yeah, I guess it does. It gets a little eccentric, but I do remember a lot of, like, I love The Grinch this little Christmas. I'm not a big fan of the Ron Howard movie that he did with Jim yeah, Carrey. but <clears throat> Ron Howard movie. But that has now endeared itself to a new generation. People who are coming up that are, like, now in their 20s, that was their version of it. We were little watching the Boris Karloff animated... Chuck Jones. Director. Chuck Jones, yeah, uh, um than uh, Grinch's Stole Christmas. Honestly, like, I don't remember that being on a whole lot. I know it was, but I don't remember watching yeah. it a whole lot. I mean, it wasn't for <clears> fact <throat> of like me being like, I don't want to watch this. I just don't remember it coming on. Yeah, and then so you just uh, miss it. And so, uh, you know, Frosted the Snowman I would watch, and I liked. Happy birthday! <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's narrated by, what's his face? Jimmy Durante? Oh, that's Saint Magic! <laughs> Oh, Frosty the Snowman. Uh, and uh, Rudolph. Yep. See, now this is where we get into... Uh, I think the reason why these have endeared with me for so long is that we got a... My family got a VCR pretty early on in my childhood. And I remember the first day we got the VCR. Like, we got the VCR. My dad hooked it up. He went to work, gave me a blank tape, and then I just taped whatever was on that day. So, yeah. This looks good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, he he put that shit to, like, EP or SLP. And then I I remember I taped it. You know, I taped G.I. Joe. I taped, like, Today's Special. I taped, like, Sesame Street. I taped, like... uh, freaking uh, pinwheel and probably rounded out that tape with like mr rogers like whatever the afternoon lineup was so probably then into the winter time when when this came on my parents made me a christmas tape and they taped for me like uh you know charlie brown christmas we had uh the night before twas the night before christmas do you remember that one which is the one about the uh it's a it's an animated one from the 70s where um and it's got a lot of famous people who i've forget their names of who voiced it but it's about the the trundles and they have a little mouse and he's a clockmaker and he breaks the 
the clock tower and then Santa ain't gonna come and it's just so you, you just, I can't consent it you know kind of picture you know and it's images yeah. <laughs> and, and then they you know they have to fix the clock tower to play like uh, some Santa song for Chris Santa to come and and then it becomes like a they, they kind of recite the Clement Moore kind of a poem uh, of course on it was the um, uh, the Grinch is still Christmas, and then we then Frosty the Snowman was on there. Then I had the Cabbage Patch Christmas on there, maybe the Fat Albert Christmas, but then I never got into as much as other people the stop motion, like you're saying yeah. the uh, the Rudolph, all those weird like <laughs> like a trolley in the box, you know who yeah, yeah. who wants a trolley in the box? Where you had um, it's uh, Burl Ives is is he narrates one as the snowman? I, yeah, I only remember and then maybe the Fred Astaire one. Yeah, you know, and that is the Rudolph one. I think that's with Mickey Rooney, right? He plays like it's the they did like a biopic on the how Santa Claus became Santa. Remember, because it's like it's Mickey Rooney playing young Santa, and then it's him his trials and tribulations, and then he ends up becoming I think Santa Claus through the end of it. You know, I remember. yeah, this is like late '60s stuff where they did all this stop motion, and then you had Burl Ives narrates one where he's a snowman, and then you had I think it's Fred Astaire being like a postman and like a snowcat, and he gets out and he's like, "Hey kids, uh, we're gonna tell you the story," and it's all well, you know, <clears> even <throat> when we were talking about uh, <clears throat> Garfield me. Halloween special, um, even though I didn't, you know, I wasn't as into like the yearly airings of all these Christmas specials or the Halloween specials. I do remember and I do have fond memories of like when this like the sitcoms I watched. Yes. Would have like a holiday episode. Like yeah. either Halloween or a Christmas episode. Yeah. Very gr- gr- great Say by the Bell episode. <laughs> well, Christmas or Halloween? <laughs> Christmas where they I think it, was, it has to do with the mall, and then they end up like uh, there's uh, they become friends with this girl. I think probably Zach and Slater are hitting on her, and they find out she's homeless because her oh, dad Jesus. lost her job. And then they end up inviting her and her dad, you know, so over to a, the yeah. There's a lot of they, re- they didn't bring her to the max or anything. Burger and a shake at the max. Yeah. So I I do recall like I do have fond memories of watching like whatever sitcom. Like Did, getting into the season through that. That's you know? fun. I always found that to be really exciting. And, and now one of my favorite pastimes is to like look through the uh, the channel guide and try to find like the sitcoms that I watch now that are from those days to find the Christmas episode, like find the episode of Dennis the Menace of Hazel or, yeah, yeah. you know, or whatever show you're like, you know, you 21 Jump Street. It's like, you know, find that Christmas episode and, and like, you know, say I'm a big Columbo fan and, and like they never did a Christmas episode and that really sucks or, you know, having an episode of, you know, whatever or, or you know, you remember the very famous episode of uh, Quantum Leap, the Christmas episode, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's so great to be able to find those uh, those gems. It's almost to me, it's almost as uh, memorable as like the 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 uh, back of the bike shop episode of like uh, yeah, different yeah. strokes. Well, you know where they always had those comedy shows for kids that became serious. Where Margot from Punky Brewster locks herself in a fridge and almost dies, or one of the kids from different strokes you know they get molested in the back of the bike shop yeah, you know yeah. you, you, they always stop it down and like this is going to be serious well the since you brought up 21 jump street and i don't talk <clears> about <throat> it as much as i used to uh his contract <laughs> he's in contract renewal <laughs> negotiations with the with the people at we attempted street. to do a 21 jump street podcast pod street yeah pod street 
uh, we'll see where that goes. So. I was that was great. I was listening to that, <laughs> and it's funny for me that because might I get renewed for <clears throat> we did we did like a four or five episode run. Uh, yeah, and then the, to the execs are seeing if they're going to renew it for it, or, or, or they're going to green light extend the first extend the season. You know, and then then it, it was airing at weird hours. Blake's thing was airing against football, and people weren't listening because they were watching football. But uh, and also even more than twenty one Jump Street, we mentioned Dave Hastings. The Hastings, yeah, a, phrase, a friend of ours from college, who we just brought up most recently on the Christine podcast. Yeah, and. Uh, his favorite episode of 21 Jump Street is there's this really great Christmas episode where they give you, like, the whole backstory of H.T. Aoki, who's one of the cops, one of the 21 Jump Street kids. He's the Asian, He's right? the Asian yeah. guy, yeah. It has to be, but whatever you just said. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a... I don't want to spoil it, because it, it's, it, it's a spoiler episode, because you find out things about Aoki that you didn't know. And for people, Blake says that you don't want to spoil it, but they do re-air it. I mean, I've seen it on a couple channels. Heroes and Icons play 21 Jump Street, so you could catch this this holiday season. Yes. yes. So that's, again, that's a perfect example of like, and that's like a very serious, like that's not even a, like a real festive. That's the thing like, also. Fun. That's the. Uh, <laughs> so that's like a very serious Yeah, the bait episode. and switch. Where a very special episode. Yeah, you get, you get to, you think you're going to have a, uh, a fun episode of your favorite show and then it becomes a very serious or even sad or downtrodden episode like yeah. you know uh, I've been revisiting Kojak much as like you revisiting your 21 Jump Street or Cagney and Lacey these shows I never thought I'd watch but I love them now and it's you find the Christmas episode and then it's it's even worse or not worse but it's sad that it's not a fun like they don't leave it like upbeat like America America it's like it's just tragic it's where someone gets yet. yeah <laughs> someone gets killed and it's he's bleeding out and he's in a Santa outfit or the you know the, 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 the mother gets killed and the kids like you know where's my mommy and then that's the end you know like, <laughs> you know um i mean for me also one of the one of my f- absolute favorite uh, i i don't i guess you could say movies of all time is the muppets christmas the the very muppet christmas special i think it's called or the, the very muppet christmas holiday from like 87 that, that i watch every year which is not available anymore about like the Muppets go into like Miss uh, uh, Fozzie's mom's house, the farmhouse for Christmas, and then Fraggle Rock shows up. Sesame Street shows up, and it's just like one of these amazing, heartfelt. I've always liked the Muppets-related Christmas stuff, and I guess I just you know it's like with when you when you have and Jim Henson's there. Yeah, Jim Henson shows up at the end too, has a little cameo as well, doing the dishes. It's amazing. Sprocket, all these people. So so it's like I love the idea. You know, we live in such like a uh, for better or for worse. A terrible world now with what's going on or, or you know it's dark or people aren't getting along whatever it's nice this time of the year trying to get people together to try to have some sort of solidarity and and have some sort of i guess you can call it christmas spirit but that's now kind of being marginalized by like consumerism which isn't old because this goes back to the 50s with like you know like charlie brown was trying to beat us into like you know christmas isn't about commercialization you know but it's you know yeah. and especially well, I, the fact that Rudolph off the Red Rolls Rinder was like created for a yeah, store. It was a store. Yeah, Wool Wolf or something. They wrote it, <laughs> it for, was for yeah. a department store. You know, and then the uh, whole character created to sell the shit. Yeah, and, it, and that's amazing. And it's and also the idea that like, you know, you have like Mel Torme writing um Christmas song. Christmas song, which uh how does that go for people who don't know? That's the one Chestnuts yes. <laughs> roasting on an open fire. Yeah, see there Blake knows that one. And you have like, you know, White Christmas by Bing Jack Frost <laughs> nipping at your nose. Um you have Bing Crosby um, you know, singing uh, Irving Berlin's White Christmas. And those become so iconic in the Christmas catalog, but then 
you know, you have everybody nowadays doing Christmas songs, yeah. like you're, you know, in sync or Maybe whoever the hell. Talk about the movie. Yes, we're going to segue and then, right so, and then swing back around to Christmas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, I'll mean, finish my point. It's odd now that we don't have classics made anymore of those kind of songs. We're listening to songs that are still yeah, yeah. 50, 100 years old, which I have no problem with, but you don't have like a new. Nothing's ri- being written today that you're going to like, oh, I'm going to listen to Well, the, you know. I think stuff's being written. It just doesn't. Or there's like, they, they're doing covers of these things. Yeah. You know? But there's new stuff. I mean, it doesn't like Mariah Carey have like a famous. Oh, yeah, she has a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, like, not an old song. No. Regurgitated. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> and true. And that's become a Christmas classic. Yeah, there's. I mean, there is a lot of songs that have become Christmas classic, I guess, in that kind of context. But I just haven't seen one in, like, the past 20 years that, like, you know, has, has stuck with us, say. Yeah. You know. But anyway, the segue into the movie we're doing this this week, <clears throat> uh, The Night They Saved Christmas. And then we'll which, come back to some Christmas cheer. All right, and we will come back to some Christmas cheer. Um, this was a uh, kind of in our wheelhouse because this was an ABC TV movie that they did, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Jackie Cooper of all people. People on the podcast may know Jackie. Oh? Who? Uh, Jackie Cooper being um, the actor who started off in the silent era. And then he's like the kid in The Champ, which is a very famous early boxing movie. Uh, he's one of the lollipop kids in Wizard of Oz. He shows up as Perry White in the Christopher Reeve um, Superman movies. He uh, is a great in a great episode of Columbo. But while he was acting, he also ended up studying directing stuff. And this is a movie he directed. And this movie stars Art Carney, Jacqueline Smith, who we know from um, uh, Charlie's Angels. From being hot. From being uh, hot as uh, balls, as a, a lack of a better term. <laughs> Uh, let's see, June Lockhart, who, Jesus, everybody, I, I've, I've had a crush on since I, you know, used to watch her on Lassie back in the 50s, and people also know her either from The Mother on Lassie or as the mom in Lost in Space, and she, God bless her, she's still alive. She's like in her 80s or 90s now, you know. She's it, still hot. She's, and she's still hot. I mean, she was hot in this movie, I mean, but, you know. <laughs> I we have the great Paul Williams, the singer songwriter and actor, and we have Art Carney, who we just were talking about recently. I forgot why. Um, and we have Scott Grimes, and we have Scott Grimes, who, who is, shows up in Critters, and who shows up in Critters, and is now on the show The Orville. What's The Orville? It's like Seth MacFarlane's Star Trek. Oh, yeah, you're right. He is in that show. He's one of the, uh, like the... He's the pilot. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's in this too. And and, uh, and we have Albert Hall too, who is from, uh, people might know, the um, head of the PT boat on Apocalypse Now in, in that movie. Uh, and this is a pretty good cast. And it's funny, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this movie because we haven't talked about it since we watched it. But Mace, I, Mason Adams. Mason Adams also, <laughs> who plays kind of the bad guy in the movie. But people will know him in the 80s. He became a huge voiceover yeah. guy. And I, I think he did the Cadbury commercials. Was maybe? he Cadbury? I thought he was Oscar Meyer, but oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, right. He might have, you're right. He might have done No, but I think you're he right, too. I think he stuff. does. I think he does a Cadbury Bunny Easter commercial, he's too. in a lot of movies that uh, are favorites of ours. God Told Me To. Yes. Uh Final Conflict, yes. FX, <laughs> we love FX. Yeah, so he, he's a he's a familiar face, I think, and an especially a familiar voice. Yeah, for a lot for, of people of our generation. Yeah, for people listening, for he did a lot. He got a lot of commercial work in his in the eighties doing uh, voiceover work. Uh, so it's a pretty stellar cast. I mean, then the other guy here, Michael uh, Lay Matt, who plays kind of the father, who's Paul. I can. Isn't Paul? Is it, I'm sorry, I they say plays Michael. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Paul. He's kind of the weak link. That's what I was gonna say. I can <laughs> I, I can uh, give or take him, but I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I had I was skeptic. You know, when you were like, "Let's do this," yeah, and you're like, "What are you talking about, bro?" <laughs> bro, I was like, "Bro, come on, bro." Yeah, bro, I don't even know if that VHT. Yeah, I had, I had it was in an '80s VHS tape box, and I had to crack it open. It was dusty. It was heavy. It was one of those heavy VHS tapes I can kill somebody with. We popped it in. It worked. Fixed the Blake fixed the tracking. Because I have a tendency to be a bit of a Grinch around these around this time of year. <laughs> But I have to admit, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's fun, and it's funny because it's 84. Last year, we did Santa Claus, um, the Dudley Moore, uh, Santa John Lithgow. Claus, the movie. The movie. With, um, uh, what's his face, who plays Santa Claus? The Big Lebowski. Yeah, David Hill, Hill, Hilliston, maybe, uh, I think is his name. And this is a year before, but it has a lot of those, the quality of that movie in this. Which, that's it, yeah. Well, there's definitely a you know what I mean. Like similarity. I mean, what I mean by that is like the production design of mm-hmm. like the um, the matte paintings, the uh, conception of the of uh, the North Pole and in the yeah. in the toy, you know that kind of an stuff. I think that's part of why I enjoyed it is that especially for a TV movie, it looked good. And you know, it's the one production of, values were pretty darn good. And that's what I yeah. It's it's I think um, this was produced and I think even the story concept was by David Niven Jr. Uh, son of the legendary actor David Niven. And uh, I don't know why I'm telling you that, but I, I, if he had any hand in this, but I wonder if this was like a cheap, low-budget movie, but they just use the uh, the money in the right places to do the matte paintings, to do the stop motion, to do like a lot of the um, miniature yeah. work. Because, you know, they basically, we, we were joking at the beginning of this, if you're... Um, a listener of the show, we did Sorcerer a couple weeks ago, which was about like an oil refinery in South America and in a fire and people having to go take nitro to go uh, across the, the jungles to put that out. This movie's about being up near the North Pole and another oil company, evil, evil, evil oil company, uh, drilling for oil. And they're kind of uh, getting too close to the North Pole where Santa is. Yeah. And they're using dynamite or explosives to get through the ice to try to get down. And uh, and we've also find out through dialogue and exposition that uh, the main character and his family, uh, Michael Baldwin, is the character, and Jacqueline Smith's wife, uh, she plays Claudia. They move a lot for this job. Yeah, so, so, they, so that's why I think they so could have been. I think that's what you're, yeah, you're going with that they used to. They could have been in Brazil. Or I'm sorry, they even talk about South America. Yeah, they say at some point like we're in the jungles. So for all we know, five or six years before they were down in the in the jungles of Brazil trying to to um to what do you call it to uh, uh, extinguish that that, that fire and oil then, fire and then like we said at the end of the cast that that you know was a little bit rushed because we were running out of time last week or two weeks ago was that they probably after Roy Scheider was killed by Randy Jurgensen they probably just a month later closed that derrick and they moved everybody and this was the family they moved to the, <laughs> north, to, to the north pole you know yeah. and it becomes another thing about so we have the uh, evil head of the oil company by um, uh, Murdoch no relation to the MacGyver's Murdoch by Mason Adams Who's like, you know, you gotta find oil, you know, and our Sumner Murdoch and in our our character, uh, uh, Michael Baldwin, uh, played by Paul uh, Lamat, he is the the geological expert, and he's the one trying to say, like, I think there's oil here, and there's two sites, site A, site A, and site B. They're trying to find oil, and it's around Christmas time, and um, what opens? 
uh, I don't. I didn't write down who wrote the score, but I actually I like the score a lot. It's very like eighties kind of synth, but it opens with like just all these explosions in the ice. Yeah, and you're getting it's, a, it's kind of surreal. And you're like, what the hell? You know, it doesn't really tell it's you like a series of like ten explosions going on. Yeah, and they're kind of like it's like almost like a yeah, it's a montage of explosions, and then it, it even like I think. Um, just like uh, tr- uh, transitions to like a big snow vehicle yeah. coming at you, you know. And, and what I like, like <laughs> we gotta move on. It's a dry hole. <laughs> yeah, and they, they can't find anything. They, they're they're coming up empty with these with the oil. And what I like about the score, since you're talking about it, is uh, Paul Williams, who's 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 co-starring it. He he did some of the songs. There's only really one song that they can they say songs by Paul Williams, but there's one song you can definitely uh, credit to him. But the person who scored this the um, soundtrack, I love how he incorporated uh, traditional Christmas songs into the to his scoring. So you have like different arrangements. So you know if there's a scene where there's like tension, it's yeah. the music is tension, but then you can hear in it like Silent Night, or you can hear you know yeah, uh, yeah. you know Jingle Bells. So I, you know I, I I found that very enjoyable. But you find this family that's up in the Arctic, uh, you know, like you said, Jacqueline Smith, and her, she's she's taking care of the kids and this and uh, her family. The father works; the geologist works for the oil company, and uh, they're trying to survive up there. And they're impeding on the North Pole, so they get a visit from Ed, who yeah. is played by Paul Williams, and Paul Williams is you know the is Santa's representative, and he's like, you know, you're 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 encroaching on our on the North yeah. Pole, uh, North Pole City, as they call it. And this opens the kind of uh, Pandora's box into like you know them going there and because yeah. you know, of course everyone's skeptical. Well, it's like the the, the explosion dynamite is causing like earthquake type things, happening. seismic activity, seismic <laughs> activity, on, on, and they're planning on moving from site A where they're where they're coming up dry to moving to a new site that's even closer. Yeah. And so that's like that's the that's where the suspense comes from. That's where the drama comes from. It, it's like if they move to B, then we're gonna ruin Christmas because they're, they're gonna they're gonna destroy North Pole City is gonna be fucked. Yeah. Even with Side A, they're getting just they're just getting shockwaves. They're having rumblings. But if they move to Site B, which is much cripple, uh, uh, closer, they can actually have a, a, a collapse. And I was even impressed with the you know a lot of the throwaway lines of justifying not just why Santa's alive and you know everybody. Every any time you have a movie where it's about Santa Claus, and the, the question's always going to be like, "How do you get down the chimney? How do you do well, it in a this night?" Movie, it's it, like they sat down and were like, "Let's think of every like, you know, like far out, like whimsical thing that seems like magic that we can figure, and then we'll give an explanation for." It. And they did that like, how old is he? How does he get down the chimney? How does he? How does the? How does the sleigh fly? How do they do it at night? And they do it, and it's all like pretty like. <laughs> They're like checking them off. Yeah, he can talk to you know. It's just all this stuff. So I was like, I was like, they really uh, painstaking. Yeah, and it's all kind of like, oh, okay, I, I can, I can, I'm with you with that. You know, like it's all like my suspension of disbelief. Like the to when they're so when they get to site B, if they were to blow, how does he make it around the world? All how does he deliver all the toys in one night? They put up satellites. Yeah, I saw his story. It's amazing. Where you can make pit stops. Yeah, he's he's refueling in the air. You know what I mean? He has he's got a special time machine. It's called the TDD, not to be con- confused the BET with the broadcast energy transmitter from GI Joe the movie. It's this is the TDD, which is the time uh, deceleration device, which is based off of Einstein's um, 
laws of relativity un- amazing because he has it slid, it literally slows time. So yeah, he can, you know, because Santa evidently has an R and D man research and he's and like, well, you know, the time zones help, but uh, yeah, but you still know, a lot of fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, and then we get his art Carney's portrayal. Well, so, so, so yeah. what I one day at a time. Yeah. Sorry. So my point was that. I even love the idea of the whole reason why Site B, if they blast, could destroy North Pole City is because, however, when they develop North Pole City, they have it in, in a like a canyon that's kind of has this uh, cliff formation that kind of obscures. So from the you yeah. know from so from planes going over, they had the forward thinking that it's you know you can't see it or the radar jam you know so they have a lot of uh, superior. I mean, they're developing cell phones at this point. Well, <laughs> you know, especially because. He developed it so long ago before flight. Yeah, so he knew. <laughs> I mean, he could fly, but yeah. He's like, well, one day other people are going to learn how to fly. I mean, <laughs> you know, you got to think about it. It's, it's, Santa must be, um, you know, it, uh, really uh, getting the cream of the crop from, like, you know, people who aren't going to, like, um, uh, Silicon Valley because, you know, he get, they got to have really good yeah, R&D, it's man. Like the Manhattan experience. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they got to they gotta know, in, you know, they got to have people who are really forward-thinking. To, to Dr. Try to, Fernando. Yeah, Dr. Fernando is, and we know Dr. the guy who plays. Very, very weird elf names. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Ed and Dr. Fernando. Dr. Fernando, who doesn't, he sounds like he's, he's like, escaped some Nazi concentration camp. <laughs> No, he's like his his first name was Joseph Mangala, and now he's <laughs> Dr. Fernando. He has he's already been on the the podcast, but he's he's one of the elves in uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Dr. Fernando is the actor, yeah, the actor who plays um, Dr. Fernando in this movie. Uh, buddy uh, Douglas. I thought you were making some kind of correlation where actual Doctor Floyd, <laughs> the character. We don't know. I mean, movies. he could be. I mean, I guess it's not that Santa isn't played by the same gentleman in both movies. But Buddy Douglas is one of the elves that comes. If you remember the subplot of uh, Ernest Safe Christmas, when they're getting the elves, uh, they getting the reindeer delivered to, mm-hmm. to the airport. He's one of the elves that comes to like look after the uh, the reindeer until Santa arrives. Um, but. Dr. Fernando is who's the head of R&D research and development here. He's coming up with all this kind of I mean they have a they have a cell phone, they have a uh, uh, almost like a satellite phone. Remember that's almost like a, uh, a candy cane. Yeah. Uh after World War II, they left like a snowcat, the army left a snowcat up in 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 the area so they repurposed souped it. it, souped it up and it's and it can go like upwards to like 100 150 miles an hour. Um as well, you like said, a communicator device that they're uh, developing, yeah, that becomes kind of a thing, a part of the plot. Uh, you know, Santa Claus describes it as being like I'm, it's going to be a gift for the kids, so that they can communicate all over the world, and it'll translate all languages, so it'll unify everybody. He's kind of just describing the internet. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, <laughs> really, exactly. And that's what that's another thing. How forward thinking this was, where he's talking about, you know, this is going to be a device that kids can. You know, his idea was, like I think you just said, is that that these people can take this phone and talk into it and then anybody anywhere in the world, no matter what language barrier you have, is going to be able to understand each other. What you're starting to see now, these devices that people, you can put like a hearing aid-ish kind of a thing in your ear and then they're able to translate. But I, it's again, it's like so forward thinking that, you know, he's basically it's a cell phone and, and he's basically in a rudimentary kind of way describing the internet. Yeah, yeah. You know, or Facebook or whatever, you know. And also, you know, there's a lot of Star Trek technology. Tons of Star he Trek beams technology. into the houses that don't have chimneys. And again, now we're getting into like these ideas of how they're getting away with, you know. And I love the, you have Art Carney, uh, the great from um, the Honeymooners. I um, yeah, got an uh, Oscar from Harry and Tonto. 
uh, he plays Santa in this movie. And I love the idea of he's kind of crotchety where he's like, you know, the first scene we see him, they, they all start doing this sequence of singing much like the Santa Claus movie we just said with Dudley Moore and uh, John Lithgow. And, uh, you know, they're singing like Jingle Bells and it's almost going to open a musical sequence. And he walks in he's like, enough with the Jingle Bells. He's <laughs> like, you can sing whatever the hell you want. But me and the wife are sick of you singing Jingle Bells. And then like people, and then when they leave, he looks at the, the, the visitors. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be an asshole. It's just, you got to understand me and June <laughs> Lockhart. <laughs> yeah. Like century now. Yeah. And he's like, this is, and around this time of year, it's very stressful, you know. And then later in the movie, they're singing it, but they're singing it quietly because they don't want him to hear. Yeah, it's it's, it's, so, it's just so. It's it's this for me. It's just a movie that is just so warm and it like promotes the Christmas spirit. It has a happy ending, and it's like these things. Like I wish we had kind of more of this kind of optimism and fun, and I'm you know, it's not everyone isn't completely bad in the movie. You know, it, it's just nice that it's the idea, much like you have in say Ernest Saves Christmas where there's skeptics who then believe that you know they have the realization that Santa is real and like you know like I said I mean I'm a kid at heart I I still believe in Santa Claus and it's just it's great to have something like this and I just love that they went through the painstaking process of just Dion's figuring a out a little kid at heart and I'm a 14 year old girl at heart yeah exactly so I'm a little bit older <laughs> yeah he, he's my big sister who's always just like <laughs> pulling pranks on me and like you know being like oh you're so disgusting you know uh and it's it's I just love all the little things that like you said that there's all that they they really sat down and they just went through the checklist of like um and they say to like Dark Carney Santa Claus like how do you get down the chimney he's like well only we only get through the chimney maybe like say fifteen percent of the time now he's basically using teleporting technology from yeah, Star yeah. Trek he's got like a telepad on his yeah on, on the side, on side, of, the of, the side of the sleigh he gets in it and it and it teleports you to wherever you want to go and then that's why they're like um why don't you teleport it and I guess it's range because yeah, yeah. you can't just all over the world. Yeah. He's got to get close close enough. He's got to land on the roof to be able to... Yeah, he, yeah it's, it's like Wi-Fi. He's on like Bluetooth. <laughs> he, he, only, he, only, he can only get so far. Yeah, radius. Yeah, and, and, and so because they ask him at some point, why don't you teleport us back? To, and he's like, we can't teleport. Come on. Now oh, you're, come on. Now, now you're now talking crazy. Now you're talking crazy. <laughs> you know, and, um, and then another obstacle they say is they have these, these satellites, which are kind of like weather balloons, for lack of a better term, that just, you know, up there and much like the Army or Air Force refuels in midair... Santa will he'll dock. He'll dock. He'll refuel at these like they kind of look like like air, uh, um, like Wonkavators or something. Yeah, like. and that was another thing I was going to say. This is very much in the realm for me. It was very Willy Wonka esque. This movie with the ideas and the names and the the gimmicks and the you know and it was kind of impressive. We talked again. We keep bringing up last year about Santa Claus the movie and the production value that went into that where they built and um, who was the team that brought us Superman the movie? Yeah, so it was all about like flight and using the technology that they used for Superman. To yeah, show him flying around the world and then the practical effects where they were at um uh the the big what's the name of the big studios in England where they do Bond movies? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Edgington or uh, Ellen. It's on tip my Ellen Shaw. No, Richard L. Robert, <laughs> Richard, <laughs> Robert Ellen Shaw, the C, the uh, the matte painter. No, yeah, um, but that, you know what? You yeah, mean. that that place in Santa Claus the movie, they did uh they had the biggest wooden set that had been made to to have it be inside to be the inside of the uh, Santa's North Pole layer, and this kind of ri- rivals it to a certain extent where it's surprising. For I don't know how big H A B C TV movie budget's going to be, but they had some pretty well, impressive. I, like I said, it was impressive. Yeah, it was for. I mean, 
You imagine like network television does have a pretty big budget, but still, especially eighties network television. Yeah, especially when they weren't competing with. Yeah, you only have five channels to watch. You're gonna, you know, and but still, for television movie, and even if the you have a lot of money, television movies are usually done on a really fast schedule. Yeah, which is why often they don't live up to quality of what you would think of motion pictures because they have to shoot them really fast. but yeah, the the, the map paintings are were great. There was just there was, and, there and was stop motion. <laughs> there was tons of map paintings in here. And there was like stop motion interaction, like in the same shot. Yeah, with, very Ray with Ray the, Harryhausen. The where the, it was yeah, really the, cool. The people were in the shot. The people, the stop motion, the reindeer stop motion. So you have the reindeer moving, pulling a sleigh, and then the sleigh is actually a live action person holding the reins, and they're moving too. So that's. You think about the trickery in that shot where you have to have your stop motion moving. Then you have to have the reins connect to the reins that the live actor's holding. Then you have to have the live actor in the sleigh being pulled somehow. Yeah. And it's seamless. Uh, for the matte paintings uh, where they have the North Pole City, where they're walking around uh, and you have these beautiful buildings that are very much like you'd see, I would say, like probably like in Sweden or Holland, like up in the mountains of, you know, where it's like the Alps, the snowy areas. Uh, they look gorgeous, but the, the I didn't see any kind of... Sometimes with Matt Payne, you can kind of see the lineage or you can see where yeah. it starts and ends. I saw very little of that, even to the point where some some of these Matt shots, you'd have like a person in a in a window looking out, smiling or waving. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of that trickery was the only, amazing. The only shot in my in my memory that was questionable is there's where they... They, the, like, the whole family walks out onto, like, it's not a balcony, but for lack of a better term. And you can see, like, the vista. And they're, like, they're kind of, um, like, matte. They're, like, green screened in. Yeah. But it wasn't even bad. It's just, like, that's the only time I really noticed that it was, like, an effect. Yeah. You know? But it wasn't even that. It wasn't like it was a bad, you know, like, a poorly done effect. It was just, like, oh, they're like kind of green screened in or like they're matted into like this with this background it's just like there's some separation there but other than that yeah i was actually pretty impressed the miniatures with the sled and stuff yeah or <laughs> even the snow cat i mean yeah. those were done for those are like the competency of jerry but anderson's they thunderbirds like this, the reindeer thing whatever it is the sleigh yeah that sleigh thing that they get out of the snow cat when they get to the yeah the snow cat take the so to, to propel the story paul williams comes and he says hey look you know you're you're you're, you're not going to dynamite off if you if you keep doing it you're going to blow us up everyone laughs him off and he's like hey listen i'm serious tomorrow i'll come pick you up and you can go visit santa talk to him yourself and they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. The next day, uh, Paul Williams shows up, and Paul Williams is like, just an old-fashioned love song. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> and they're like, so the, the 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 husband who we talked about, uh, Le- like, I got to meet. Him. Yeah, I got to go talk to my he boss. He thinks this is all a practical joke from some friend. Yeah, because evidently his his friend did like the year before put like Yeti tracks around, so they think it's he's a he's a jokester. So he thinks this is all by his other friend doing it as a practical joke. So he leaves. The family's still there. So. Very trusting. I mean, you know, maybe nowadays you wouldn't be so trusting. <laughs> but Jacqueline Smith, who plays the mom, so takes her kids. Take my kids with the stranger, sure. Yeah, who's dressed up as an elf. Um, very convincingly, though. They jump into the snowcat. The snowcat goes about 100 miles an hour. They drive about an hour. Then when they get out, what Blake is saying now, the, the next step is they get into this. It looks like a modern sleigh, very much, again, out of, like, uh, Santa Claus, the movie. Yeah. And they're like, what do you, you know, it's self-propelled. What do you mean? There's no reindeer. And he's like, oh, and, you know, there's a keypad. Very, very uh, forward-thinking technology for the 80s, you know, with the keypads and all very, you know, analog mm-hmm. buttons and computers. 
it starts off and then it's a sleigh ride, kind of this crazy it's sleigh like ride. A, yeah, like a luge. Yeah. And they're freaking <laughs> out and Paul Williams is like, I can't control it. It's automatic after this point, you know, and, and it takes them to, to North Pole City. But it's going like down these. It's they, a, they're doing it, jumps. Yeah, yeah. You know? But like all that was like, a lot of that was like miniatures and it was like, it it's was like, all it was very believable. Very nostalgic. Yeah, it was very In cool. Old school movie effect, and then you get to the, they get to like a uh, a big like uh, wall, and they're like you know wh- where are we gonna go here? And very much out of Darby O'Gill and the Little People, the wall just suddenly opens, cracks open, and and you realize it's a it's a door, and they're able to go through, and then it shuts again, and that hides the uh, North Pole City, and you have this whole. Uh, you know, band of elves. What do they say? They, they, he says he has a thousand elves working up there uh, in a factory uh, that live in this village that work in this in, in Santa's factory. And that's also very forward thinking of what you see now with Apple. Apple in China has these freaking factories that, you know, that people, you know, uh, they live around the factory to, to work yeah, in but this that, factory. That's no. always, though. These I mean, huge, that's yeah, even these. Oh, and Halloween then, three. They yeah, you're all right. Live. The Shamrock, you know, they're all yeah. <laughs> Shamrock Company had had a town. And you're right. And they're getting back to like uh, what we did or slap shot. Like you know, we're talking about the Rust Belt and in yeah, the 70s, yeah. all that. You had a lot of this. But these... what was forward thinking about it was that Santa had a, clearly, unmistakably had the, uh, like an open transgender elf. You've uh, noticed that. <laughs> yeah. He was very accepting. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's women as elves with beards. And there's I, <laughs> very, probably what was going you know, on. Is very, it's very uh, topical for now that there's all these transgender elves working. For yeah. In, in real life, they probably just couldn't get enough male uh, little people to fill out the role. So they had people who were obviously women with beards on. <laughs> But, you know, Santa's like, hey, you know, you want to work for me? I know this is a hard job. I'll pay you a shitload of money. You know, it's going to be a tough climate. But if you can do whatever you want to do, just, you know, don't involve me. <laughs> you know? He, he's, he was totally open. Who knows if he has nice. a, a don't ask, don't tell policy or if he's like, you know, everything's fine. Or if they have issues like I with think he's, unisex bathrooms. I think Santa's all open to it. You know, because I don't know if it's very much like if there's any kind of, I mean, you, I can't see the elves getting down. You know, it's very much, you know, who knows what's going on. Got to make more elves somehow. <laughs> <you know? laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I don't know what's going on. You know, and, and what's the, um, I'm, I'm mixing my, my background stories, but isn't there a, uh, a movie where the elves are, the elves are like a, uh, indigenous, po- oh, I'm thinking Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka, the Oompa Loompas, the yeah. Oompa Loompas he took them from a, some evil island or world, voracious canids yeah. and such, and, uh, to me, this is—it was very much Willy Wonka with the chimney and the transporter. You know, all the all the little tricks. You had a lot of elements of Willy Wonka here, the R and D man, or them, them making stuff. I mean, you didn't. You had one song which was really cool. I'm a big, big Paul Williams song fan. People who don't know Paul Williams uh, started off as a uh, as an actor, couldn't really get a lot of work. He transitioned into songs. He ended up scoring. A, Tons of songs. A lot of the Carpenters, We Only Just Begun, just an old-fashioned love song, which he recorded, but then uh, I think Three Dog Night made famous. He did a lot of stuff, and then uh, he became very famous in the 70s, then started acting. He's in Smoking the Band as Little Enos. He ends up being in the Muppet movie. He pens all the Muppet movie uh, original score of like Rainbow Connection, Moving Right Along, all that stuff is his, uh, into the 80s. Uh, he did Bugsy Malone. Um, he did... Phantom of Paradise, the uh, acclaimed um, Brian De Palma movie, he, who he also plays the devil in that movie. And in this movie, you have that song, uh, Gotta, uh, Gotta Be Ready by Christmas Eve. And that's like the only time we really get like a song and dance number, which it's only like a minute long. 
but it was very much like him, you know. Dun, 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 you yeah, know he country. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's Paul Williams' style. You have like the floor stomping guitar, the move right along the dun the dun. Yeah, bon, very much like Emmett Otter's Jug Band, which is another Paul Williams did the score for that, which is that Muppet forgotten Muppet kind of um. Well, he writes thing. the songs. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he writes all the songs, and sometimes he performs them. Uh, you know, he he's because he's a singer as well, but. He did that in here, and uh, you know, that's all fun. That's very for a minute that that was a little Willy Wonka ish. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 it was just really fun, and 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 you know you have you have like we said Doctor Fernando, who's I guess kind of the equivalent of Dudley Moore Patch from Santa Claus, because Dudley Moore was like the R and D man in in Santa Claus the movie. Uh, and uh, Art Carney, you know him. It, it's a very realistic kind of a portrayal of Santa, where he has a beard and then. They see, like, in the other room, sitting there, the, you know, the longer beard on, like, a mannequin head. And he's like, oh, I only wear that for Santa Christmas Eve. You know, I can't grow this damn thing out every year, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, his wife, played by the great June Lockhart, uh, you know, Mrs. Claus. Um, what was her name? Victoria, I think it's there. Or, no, maybe uh, Martha. Martha, Martha, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's great in it, and she, you know, and, and and then she lets them into his study. Well, she calls him Papa. Which yeah, I, man, it's a little weird. They all call him <laughs> Papa. Well, I mean, like in the old days, you know, you'd call. You, you see that in a lot of old movies where a father will call the wife mother. Mother, what do you think? You know, I mean, that was like an old. But it's usually because they have kids, I think. Oh, I thought it was just some. Sometimes it's an endearing to like a, a thing. I've seen that in a couple of movies where, like, you know, though, just it's maybe I don't know if it's subservient or whatever the hell. <laughs> Uh, um, and then I like it's an old school thing. Yeah, so you have that kind of being taken. So when they're waiting to meet Santa to have like a meeting with him, um, she, Paul Williams brings um, Jacqueline Smith and her kids over to the to to Santa's house, kind of like a mansion. And she lets him into the study, and the study is great. The study is like you know his 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 library kind of, and I love how they have all the prototypes of every toy that were. That was ever big, yeah, still yeah. sitting there, and, and then the, I like the disclaimer. June Lockhart says that, like you know, Santa doesn't make anything guns or whatever. You know, he's not into that. If you got guns or any kind of violent toys, like a tank under your tree, that was probably something your kid, your parents got you. And said it was Santa. Yeah, and then they—that's another disclaimer. Where like you know, a lot of people don't believe in Santa, so that's why you get a lot of stuff under the tree they don't realize. You know, Santa's still delivering toys and. Uh, Santa has that great elephant memory where he remembers everybody he's telling, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's how he proves to Jack on Smith it's that a, he's actually Santa. And that's a very heartwarming. Very sighting, a very tragic, uh, not true, but like a very, a sad yeah. experience. It's like Phoebe Cates. <laughs> not yeah. quite that tragic. Not, yeah, not, yeah, not, not quite. <laughs> tragic is the gremlins thing, but he tells, yeah, he should, Jacqueline Smith's like, I, I'm sorry. I mean, as, as amazing as She's this like, world this is. This is cool and all, but. but I, I still, this has to be a joke because, I mean, you know, yeah, anybody like would. When you were six, your dad in Houston, was sick. And, yeah, and, he, and he says, to, you know, he says that, you know, you wanted, you wanted a, uh, uh, a fishing pole from Abercrombie and Fitch, but, yeah, you yeah. know, so, but I knew your She's dad like, was, I don't want any, like, take all the toys you're going to give me. In exchange for this fishing rod for my dad. Yeah, he wrote, she wrote that in a letter to him. So he went and got. He's like, you did get. And he went and got it for him. And he, and he, I think he said he even put his dad's name on it. Right. He he, he yeah, had a to lady. the dad from 
her. Yeah, and then uh, you know the dad died like three months later because he was ill, and it was you know she starts bawling, and it's it's a very touching moment. And then what was the other part where he's like, he gives the kid, he's like, oh, you, you're just your grandfather's age in when 21, the, the sleigh, very good selling item that year. You know, it's, it's, I love all that kind of crap where Santa remembers everybody, the nuances of, of everybody in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, uh, and then I like also that, you know, the, again, the explaining away, like they go see the L, they go see the reindeer. And Santa's like, uh, oh, look, it's, and they, they start naming the reindeer. He's like, yeah, I named them all after the poem, you know, clearly meaning that, you know, because we, we just said before, Clement Moore, he wrote a poem that was published in the in the newspaper, like in the 1880s or 90s. And then that became the nomenclature now where everybody, you know, people forget that that was just a much like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was a song written for a like a Woolworths or something uh, to sell things. So Santa's like, yeah, I named the, uh, the deer after the poem. And he's like, but they don't, you know, it, evidently at one time they used to propel the sleigh, but now right. the sleigh is self-propelling because of technology. He's like, but he doesn't have the heart to tell the, the, the reindeer that, that they're not doing it. So every year out of tradition, he still, you know, has them go up with them like that. Uh, you know, it's, I, I love all those little the, the, those little bits where he like you know he's saying like you know um, if the weather's so bad he's like in 1903 the weather was so bad I couldn't deliver the presents till the December 27th and then he was like that was a real you know a pain in the butt you know so uh, all that kind of thing it was just it was it, it was fun you know it's it's all that the little the little bits with you know Elf City and the the women elves and uh, well there was also like uh, World War two fucking reference oh yeah he's talking about the you know him going over yeah because uh what, what were they where what was it what was he well maybe oh maybe it's because like it, was, it was the bomb it was because, yeah they were bombing well there, there was the oil right it was, yeah yeah, yeah was like, this reminded me of the back and yeah when he was going over london during the blitzkrieg he was trying to deliver <laughs> presents you know during the blitzkrieg and while well, london was getting bombed and bombed by the v1 rockets he's like you know and it's like you can you picture sand up there <laughs> 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 they're sending flack up and Santa's in a flak jacket, you know, because he's getting um, flack up there. Uh, and so they have to kind of convince the, uh, he, he convinces Jacqueline Smith and the kids that, you know, I am real. And now you have to go back and convince your son or your, your husband to, that, that this is in fact, you know, you're in fact doing this. This is happening. Uh, you're going to blow up, you know, and it becomes one of those movies where like, you know, will they save, yeah. you know? And also the date, the, the, when they're going to start doing it gets pushed up unbeknownst to everybody else. They think they're going to do it after New Year's, but... Oh, um, fuck it, let's do it Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, we got we to do it Christmas Eve because evil... Um, uh, <laughs> Gaylord. Yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> evil Murdoch, um, who's uh, Mason Adams, the boss. There's a rival Gaylord, <laughs> and we never meet Gaylord, but evidently he's the rival oil he's company. A, he's a son of a bitch. And he sounds, yeah, he sounds like he's like, what's his face from... Um, Willy Wonka, what's his yeah, name? Slugworth. He sounds like he, he rivals Slugworth in the oil business because he's saying that, like, um, remember, so. Well, nobody believes them. Yeah, they come nobody back. Believes they, they go the missing. They go missing. First, the, first when they get there, before they, they get, when they get off the snowcat and get in the sleigh to go to, like, the thing, he's like, you know, we have to get back because dinner's going to be ready. And Paul Williams is like, you know, there's going to be no time. Why don't you call your husband? And she's like, what do you mean? And there's, a, you know, there's a phone booth there out of, like, a. So she calls on a, on a satellite phone, and, and she's like, I'm here. So they go missing after that for, I don't know, I guess there's a matter a storm, of hours. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a storm, and they have to hunker down. So everybody gets kind of scared, and they think they've been abducted by this guy, Gaylord, who's the rival oil company, because evidently he has done this before in the past. <laughs> so when they get back... The, the, all the kids are head over heels with the mom saying, like, Santa Claus is real. We've been well, there. Well, she's trying to explain to them, you can't 
you can't drill on site B. Oh, you can't. Yeah, use explosions to drill because uh, you're gonna destroy. Which uh, is like North Pole uh, City. kind of also like the interesting thing about the message of this movie. And I don't know if it's because it was during like the Republican era or like the the Reagan era, but it's like you know. It's bad to drill, but to, but but ultimately Santa's like, just don't drill there. Like the oil's here. Yeah, he's telling him. He's like, yeah, he know it's he knows where it is. He's like, he's like, I, he's like, I'm a capitalist like anybody. But he's just he, he, he's you know, it was it's, it's kind of about the dangers of drilling, the, their, but not really. Yeah, their immediate concern is Santa's only concern is the that that the drilling isn't going to upset. It's going to but the, the drilling is the ice is so thick it's destroying the drill bits and the drills. So they're having to use explosives to get far enough down, kind of like fracking. And Santa's like, hey, you know what? I'm a capitalist. You can do whatever the hell you want. We're only worried. I'll even tell you where the yeah, he's like. I will tell you is, but but and that's kind of you, I can see that being a double edged sword because you know uh, the evil oil companies of the eighties. They're going to just come and keep drilling, drilling, drilling. They're not going to care. So even if he lets them know that the, the biggest oil um, you know pocket or whatever is at site A, that that seems like it's just inviting more people to come and try to start drilling. <laughs> you know, it's like finding a, the wreck of the Titanic. Yeah, You're yeah. going to have every scavenger down there trying to loot the thing. I just thought it was you funny because I don't know if this movie was made yeah, during now Reagan, or a couple of years ago. It, it would be completely... It would have been like, you know... The drill, the fracking and yeah. drilling, it's going to kill everything. It, it'll have the Al Gore but message where it's like, <laughs> you know, no, we can't. You're killing the environment. You know, we're here. It's like, he's like, hey, the oil's over here. You <laughs> know, like, just, just don't, don't, just don't yeah. blow shit up. It's like, B, yeah. stay inside, man. That's where the oil is. Get your shit and get the hell out of here. Uh, so they're trying to... Jacqueline Smith's trying to explain to her husband and the boss, uh, Murdoch what they've seen the thing and, and then Murdoch saying that you know they, they, they gave you hallucinogenics <laughs> Gaylord drugs <laughs> yeah and then, but then the funny is he's like he did it again this is this is the, this isn't the first he's time this is MO yeah he's done it he, and he cites Drugged like a bunch of kids and your voice he, he cites like in uh, in Europe or something he's like if he did it in Zimbabwe he'll do it again you know? <laughs> I just like everybody's okay with it yeah it's well, like obviously it, like the the mother and the kids that know they were drunk they're not okay with the father's like it was they you were just under a hallucinogenic. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's 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 perfectly all right. No worry about like long term effects of whatever drug you use. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, or or how it happened, how you know were they like, you know, was it a syringe or was it put in the water? <laughs> you know, who took them? I mean it's very they you know, then then there's no like um urgency to try to like find the culprits of who did this, you know. Uh and so that's the biggest thing. She's trying to convince him, like, you can't do this. You have to be able to go back. And, you know, and, and, and so it becomes this, like, uh, race against time to, to, to prove to them that, that, that yeah. you know. That they can't drill. Yeah. Um, Hence the title. The Night They Saved Christmas. They have to save Christmas. And, the Night um, They Saved Christmas. Uh, and then you know she and a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and you know Jacqueline Smith flying a plane. It, 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 that's another thing yeah, for the me. Two older kids try to they jump on a stone. They steal a snowmobile from the company to try to go back and warn. Yeah, Santa, Santa that that they're going to keep it's drilling. Not working, yeah. You know, and then Jacqueline jumps in a plane, and it, it was amazing for me to think about people who live up in Alaska or, or northern Canada to think that like a lot of people. You can't get to these towns without having a plane, and yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a pretty practical thing for some people. Just having, we have a car, they have a plane. You know, yeah. that was pretty interesting, and uh, I liked how he did. You see, he had like Master Universe sheets. At one <laughs> yeah, point, you know? pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> said, you know, and, the, and all, all three kids in the movie. I thought the the, the the sister didn't have as many lines as the two brothers, 
But the, the the two brothers I thought did a great job. The kid from Critters, who's now on that um, horrible Seth, show, yes, yeah, Scott Grimes. He was good because he also had like he had a lot he of he had a tough job because he's he also just, like the scientific kid. Yeah, he's the kid that's supposed to be dispelled. You could tell he's going to grow up and be like a womanizer or a, a manizer who's going to be like a job and corporate world he's very smart so he knew a lot of stuff about <laughs> I, I didn't get any sense that he would be a woman <laughs> he would be a woman well, <laughs> <laughs> to me he sound, he seemed like he'd be a kid who grow up get a really really uh, a, a big job in a, in, a, in, a, in a a very profitable job in a big company and be all about the business well and, it was know. all about science yeah he's like don't worry mom there's no way this thing's going 100 miles an hour <laughs> it's, like, it's physically, physically impossible yeah the he, physics won't stand for it you know so he, he knew a lot of and then he you know he was trying to throw Santa at you know I can tell by the uh, flux capacitor here that you're <laughs> and Santa's like very good you little shit but this is what it really is so uh, he's great in it and uh, the other the kid who we always have the kid who doesn't kind of believe or he's the kid who believes but then he's trying to get everybody else to convince because at the beginning of the movie the 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 Grimes is the everybody's a skeptic in the damn movie yeah, even yeah. The, you know even at the it's that's terrible at the Christmas at the, the table they're like you know Santa's real in spirit but not really real <laughs> and he's like what are you talking about my kids yeah yeah you know well, he, you got the kid who's got the crisis of faith going on yeah CB and he's he's he this whole conversation starts because he's saying the kids at school are bullying him and they're like well they're kind of right and he's like well, <laughs> It's like, oh, that's terrible. So I like how he, no matter what, his faith isn't shaken. And then, lo and behold, it tends to be that he's right. And I, you know, and I thought he he pulled a pretty good part off. And I've yeah, seen him. he could have been know. more annoying. You know, there, the p- tough thing about having kids in movies and shows is sometimes you get stuck with an annoying kid. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't and find he, him. I didn't, he, he could have been way more annoying than he ended up being. <laughs> yeah, but is that a that's a plus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was he was decent. That's what know? I mean for for what he did. He he wasn't uh you know he wasn't annoying. You know he could have yeah. been very much like the, you know we always bring up that kid from the Shining TV movie that we don't we, we didn't yeah. we didn't, yeah. <laughs> can't can't watch that movie. Yeah, I, I mean we love Stephen Weber and uh, what's her face um, Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, and Melvin Peoples, but just that 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 kid and just he he, he he yeah. But so I thought this kid. Uh, did a pretty good job with that and you know i was thinking watching this movie at the beginning like geez god forbid no like uh uh german shepherds showed up from like a, a norwegian <laughs> <laughs> camp yeah and while I, they're while she's looking for the kids yeah they find a dog and another chopper goes yeah, by firing at, firing the, at the, <laughs> the, 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 the you know and then you find out that you know the dog is the thing or or even if it, if the thing if the dog got to like Santa like and you know our car is like yeah, let him in and then like I think it's supposed to I think it's supposed to be the Antarctic in that movie it is, even it though is. they shot it up in Canada yeah but but I think the um the thing from another world the, the Howard Hawks movie is from um I think that's the North Pole I think that's up north. Uh, and then I found that robot. So then they they give them they they have the newest creation, which was like a robot, which seemed very familiar at the time because in the eighties you had a lot of those robots. Like even Nintendo for a minute had a robot, yeah, yeah. you know that moves. And remember what is that? Rocky four or three? Four. Yeah. They have they had to get the kid a robot. You know, <laughs> well, they get Polly a robot for his birthday. Yeah. So like you know you have happy a, birthday Polly. You have a lot. That was the big thing of getting your kid ro- robots. So they get the youngest kid a robot, and I found that robot really freaky. You know. <laughs> Because it's, well, it's, it's artificial was, intelligence. <laughs> that and they also clearly took like a toy robot and like glued it onto a set of like legs to yeah, make it higher. Tall. To the, so it's like almost the height of the um, to to, to uh, 
the height of the, the little kid. So that was very forward thinking. But then it, again, it's like, and I just found that a little too freaky, that little, that little robot. So it ends up writing itself in a sense, because you end up getting, um, what do you call it? They save the day and they don't blow it up. But then I'm worried because Santa has really taken a, a, a big leap here, outing himself to yeah, all these true. people. You know, and it's not like he has like the um, the men the men in black. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just embraces their memory. Yeah, so you know, you kind of get worried that like you know, we know from anybody, it's it's kind of like the uh, the flaw of mankind. We no one can keep a secret. Yeah, you know, Sumner Murdoch's gonna be. Yeah, you know, selling tickets. He's the first guy. He's like, I know where uh, you know, you know, Santa is, and then you know, it turns into a big thing, and then you know, they have like freaking McCarthyism hearings about you know, should Santa be freaking, you know, like they did in freaking um, Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, well, you know, the, the interesting. It's like yes, the Sumner Murdoch character is supposed to be like he's kind of the bad guy, but it's like he's also just doing his job not because Gaylord's the bad guy, even though you never see him. Yeah, you know, like he's he's like bad, but he's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, he just wants he needs that oil. Yeah, he's you just know? trying to. It's just, it was a weird movie for that kind of thing. It is we're just so used to a different type of like message when it comes to like corporations and oil drilling. We're just so at this point, you know, t- over twenty, over thirty years later, we're so used to this a different kind of message when it comes to that well it's always it's for me it's so tired you always the the and i mean it happens a lot in the real world but you always have the 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 big conglomerate being the evil yeah, yeah. you know and they, they usually even have the evil person be you know he's a republican or whatever and it's the big oil you know it's a it's the capitalist and they're destroying the the planet or their whatever for the sake of and i would love to be able to see a plot that doesn't do it that way but then at the same time if we tried to sit down and write something that you had the Corporation well, be a good like, guy. I don't think this really does that though. Yeah, and it and it's and it's so it's, it's, it's kind very, of refreshing I mean, in that even kind of Santa a way. Across the movies about like consumerism and in the know, in the and, pitfalls of, of it, and yeah, like bastardizing the Santa creations. And you have yeah, you have the evil the, the evil Slugworthish character being John Lifko. He's the toy maker who's the evil. You know, it's always the evil kind of yeah. you know they want more and they don't care. So at the end of this, you kind of have the the, the Murdoch character kind of. Not being that, and you have that other uh, what's his face, um, the Gaylord being like the ultra yeah. badass that you never end up seeing. <laughs> you never you see. Know? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing is like the real bad guy, which didn't do anything. He's kind of like a, he's kind of like a <laughs> blow just fell. blaming <laughs> for everything. He, Gaylord actually didn't do anything, <laughs> which could have been the first time. <laughs> <laughs> when he supposedly drug people in the first movie, you know, Gaylord's the one that you know caused the fire down in Sorcerer Town. Yeah, he's probably this because we 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 set up that it was sabotage, that it was terrorism that blew the thing up because they were pissed. So Gaylord is probably the the one who blew up the Derek and Sorcerer and caused all that. And then when they moved up here, G- Gaylord is just trying to. Put this oil company out of the business. So Dog, you know what? Remember what Gaylord did, did down South America. Yeah, remember what he did down in Peru. <laughs> you know, remember how many people we had to lose with those trucks. <laughs> we had to transport that nitro. Yeah, we don't want to do that again. Are you are you shifting the nitro this time? <laughs> <laughs> and now they're always you know very conscious about moving the nitro and making sure it's all right. Um, yeah, so you know, um, uh, I hadn't seen this movie again since probably you know over thirty years, and it was just fun to. To, when I suggested it to you, I was really crossing both my fingers uh, and my toes to, to hopefully that it'd be good. And I was thoroughly surprised that this is... I enjoyed it. It's it's sad that it's it's so forgotten. 
that you know it's it's not played anymore it's not readily available there is a really shitty copy of it on youtube you can watch yeah. uh we were able to find a copy it is uh, you know, you can rent it on like either Hallmark Channel or Amazon Prime or something. Yeah, I think Amazon Streaming, you might be able to rent it for like two ninety nine or something. Yeah, so I guess if you if anybody wants to check it out, you can go there. And we should point out that this is the second consecutive Art Carney Christmas appearance. <laughs> we should point that out as well. Yeah, because he was last year in the San, uh, the, the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars holiday, holiday special, special, which was awesome, and he had played a great role. He was the prototype to Lando Calrissian in that movie, that that episode, and here he is, is back. The original in, Lando, the, yeah, the original <laughs> Lando, and he's great in that too. And you know, I'm a huge Art Carney fan, going back to the Honeymooners and stuff. And um, the next year, Jackie Cooper, who directed this movie, ends up doing Izzy and Moe, which is a uh, Reteams Art Carney with Jackie Gleason, and it's the last team up before Jackie Gleason dies in '86. And that movie's, uh, you know, it's kind of silly, but it's it's fun to see them again one last time. But I guess maybe I I wonder if that was coincidental that he worked on with this with Carney in '84, and then the next movie is this. You know, maybe they're just looking yeah. for a director or something. I think that might even be a TV movie too, Izzy and Mo. Uh, so uh, it was just fun all around, and it was I was just one I was happy that it turned out to be a good movie that you liked because there's nothing worse than having to do a movie you're like "Eh, it was okay you know (laughs) but it was it was a great christmas movie like it's i love the movie and i again not to like uh preach i just love movies where you have a happy ending it tells a good story it it, if if you're if you have a faith it it restores your faith in whatever uh you know it it, it's not pessimistic it reminds me much of the christmas specials growing up like a muppets or a saint uh uh, Sesame Street Christmas special. It's just yeah. fun. And and this is something, I mean, I saw this at age six or seven in school. They were playing for us and I completely got it back then. So this is something you could show to your kids and it, you'd be fun, you know, and they'd understand yeah, to no, a certain I extent, you know? you know, I enjoyed it. You know, and I it's not a cool. terrible, it doesn't take a right turn. And, you know, a lot of like today you have a lot of these Christmas movies that are kind of everything is like, uh, not dirty jokes, but they're like, you know, they're kind of, you know, made for the sarcasm or the the, the overly critical or sure. you know snide, you know that that kind of mindset we're in now as a culture, and it's nice to see something just. Well, fun. they're more comedies. This is really isn't. I mean, there's funny moments, but this isn't a comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like you take the San the Santa Claus with uh, what's his face, um, Tim, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah. That's you're right. That's a comedy. You get a lot of these. Well, I mean, you, you get that, and of course, and a lot of most of the movies that are considered like the real Christmas classics, like now. Christmas Vacation, Elf. You know, um, Christmas Story. I wouldn't call a comedy, but I think to make your point is yeah. Earlier on. A lot of these movies, like It's a Wonderful Life, going back to the 40s, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, all those things, you know, uh, Happened on Fifth Avenue or Shop Around the Corner, those were all just stories where, I think now you're right, a lot of them just turn out to be like Four Christmases. They're like comedies or they're, yeah, you know, yeah. or, or uh, you know, and, it, and it's great to have a movie that's like, I guess, like a Love Actually. I don't think that's really necessarily a comedy, but you have a, a, a good Christmas movie that isn't, a comedy or a dark comedy yeah. or a dirty comedy. You know, you can or sit down. Bad Santa. Yeah, that, that's a movie <laughs> that people love, and I missed the boat on Bad Santa. And full disclosure, I watched it a couple years ago, and I wasn't impressed. Probably yeah. because I didn't see it right when it came out. The only thing I really liked about it was John Ritter and um, uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Bernie Mac. You know, but I mean, that's just my own opinion. But I maybe, and also because I hold Christmas in such a high esteem, yeah. I didn't find any. It's just like we were talking about. Uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, Sorcerer having people likable. I hadn't, I didn't find him likable at all in that movie. Yeah. So, you know, I like movies that are 
happy, positive endings, you know, renew your Well, faith. I have to admit, even though I, you know, <clears throat> there is, there are, I'll, this is, if there were guilty pleasures, mm-hmm. I've often said I don't find, I, I don't feel guilty about the things I like. So yes, I, you do. So I don't think of anything I like as being a guilty pleasure. But I do, I watch a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> There's not wrong with that. Especially this this time of year, it's like they started in like November. They started right after Halloween, so Christmas. You know, it's nothing but Christmas movies until after New Year's. July is all Christmas movies because they do this whole Christmas. Oh, Christmas in July. July, of course, it's great movies. Yeah, but as well. it's like all like really poorly executed romantic comedies. And but they're I, touching though, and I just I just like watch them. It's like you know it's all going to work out in the end. It's like mindless entertainment that's totally satisfying to me. And what I find amazing about Dallas to to to, to jump down that wormhole for a second is that. Uh, my wife watches a lot of them, so I find yeah, up around this time like of year. Candace Cameron Burr. Yeah, all, all these. Yeah, all, all <laughs> you these know, people you get a little older. It's like Blair from uh, uh, the one Facts of Life. Yeah, or like a, uh, what's his face? Uh, C. Thomas Howell. Like you have all these people who are, are like um, Kevin Sorbo. Ju- yeah, Judd Nelson. <laughs> you know, like all these people who you recognize. They get a brand name that was brand name like a couple years ago, 20, 30 years ago. But Aunt Becky from Full. Oh. Yeah, and 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 uh, so I find these movies are always clogging my DVR around Christmas time because she's taping them to watch. But what astounds me is that that is a cottage industry because if you go and search Hallmark Channel or Lifetime movies for Christmas time, these are all brand new movies. Every one of them are they 2017, show, 2016. But they do show. A, I mean, there are ones that because they they show them 24 hours a day. For two months, yeah. So they're all not new. They'll premiere like the new on Sunday at eight p.m. Yeah, but there's nothing. New. There's nothing prior to like nineteen. <laughs> oh, nineteen. There's nothing pr- prior to like a year or two ago. They're all like basically yeah, yeah. within the past three years, and it's like they're really. I mean, right I now know. they must be pumping out two thousand eighteen. You want to do that? This is another discussion for another time where I want to start making Hallmark movies. Why not? You know, it, it seems like there's very little pressure in terms of delivering something like good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, obviously it's clearly a very fast schedule. There's an that's inherent prob- fan base. That's probably the toughest part is that you probably have like a week to shoot the whole thing. Yeah, but other than that, there's a there's a couple of good. You know, there's there's certain plot lines like there's the there's the Groundhog Day plot line. Yeah, where somebody's reliving Christmas Eve like every night. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> there's the switched ones. There's like Kevin Sorbo is like the asshole corporate guy who gets taken down a notch by becoming by looking like santa and being like homeless <laughs> you know and, and then but most of them are like, like romantic a, it's, it's like it's it's a wonderful life kind of a yeah you yeah. know so value your life there's certain niches there's, yeah the little tr- story tropes or whatever or the, like the corporate girl has to revisit her hometown i've seen that one <laughs> that's because that's there's like 20 of them maybe with <laughs> M- melissa joan hart i've seen one remember melissa joan hart candace cameron burr like they, there's a, like like a town or a, a place that is like a big Christmas destination, and the corporate company's trying to take it over, and and then Candace Cameron or whoever's playing that part in, the, in that version of the movie comes as like the liaison, and then they and they, then realizes after one. being there, yeah, that, that, that it has to stay the way it and is. They have to go, yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> so it's. See, these are the movies I enjoy. That the, that at the, you have these movies around this time of year that are positive, and you're, like you're saying, kind of like they're stress free. You don't have to worry yeah, about. It's just like it's mindless. You, know, you get to shut off the, your worries. Yeah, for the, for, of the world, and and also you're you know you're. 
it's like you don't have to do too much effort into trying to figure plot out or where it's just going to go. What's the twist? You have to pay attention. You know, yeah. it's kind of like you can just sit back, go on cruise control, and just you know have a good time. Maybe tear up. Maybe it gets poignant and, at the and end. And you get to maybe see someone you haven't really thought about in a while from like an old sitcom. Yeah, like, or like you know, I think Mario Lopez is in a new one this year. Yeah, then they, they, yeah, they <laughs> like get Mark some of these Paul people. Gossler is the one from a couple of years. And ago. And that's the other thing is too is they always get they have a star in it. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's debatable if the if you, I mean, they're not getting like a Brad Pitt. No, but, but they're, they're getting, getting like a familiar face. Yeah, uh, not always. Yeah, there are certain people that are, there are certain actors that I. I know specifically from Hallmark movies. Yeah. Like, they're in four Hallmark movies. <laughs> like, the, the cookie cutter, like, you know, like Barbie and Ken's. Yeah. That are just, like, they're attractive and they're in all these stuff. But for the most part, more times than not, there's some from face that you, you know, I was just watching one with the the, sis, the, the middle sister from Full House, Jodie okay. Sweeten. Yeah. She started one. So you always get somebody that's a lot of Full House people for some reason. Who, if I remember correctly, is very good looking nowadays yeah she yeah. blossomed into like a completely different from you know yeah and candace camera she's attractive oh, of course too, you yeah, know? yeah. Like, or the uh, or the or or um jonathan stamos's yeah Aunt love Becky, interest yeah Becky, always you know she's in a lot of them so it's like more like this kind of a movie uh the night they save christmas i like that that kind of fair where it's just it's nice it's not it's not a cynical f you f me f well you know what i mean or the you know rolling the eyes of making fun of having to go visit family it's just yeah you're you know it, it kind of brings you back to what christmas is supposed to be all yeah, about it's either about like in those cases it's like finding love or finding the christmas spirit humbling yourself yeah um and that's perfect it's that's a perfect example of how this movie is and yeah. um I, I fully recommend it for people to either try to find it out uh, or go rent rent it for the for the from the Hallmark um, whatever wherever it's available. It's available somewhere on Amazon or something for it's a rental. You can find it. Yeah, just look. Yeah, or you know, <laughs> if you if, look hard enough, or it'll if, come to you. Yeah, or if it's on DVD in in, in overseas, uh, you know. So yeah, you, to if, our British and yeah, European uh, listeners, yeah, you can get a region two, or if you have a regionist player here, you can get it and in, in, you know. Um, and ship it over. So yeah, it was really fun, and I'm glad. I, that's a big worry off my back because <laughs> I know I'm a, I'm a tough customer, you know. And I was worried that you know sometimes I have to do too much talking, and, and <laughs> people get bored. Like, dude, Dion's talking a lot. That's why I didn't like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I end up I end up just having to like just I I, I just uh, recap the entire movie yeah. because you know, I even don't know what to talk about. Because <laughs> right out of the gate, I'll be like, let me just start off with saying. I didn't grow up with this one. <laughs> I have no nostalgia for this one. And but, uh, no, this one was fun. Yeah, and it, and it's certainly certainly something now that I. Find. I mean, it might be the egg knock talking, but I thought it was fun. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The egg. I did spike it. Um, and this is certainly this is certainly something now that I'm happy that I can we can go back and revisit. And also, it's not cheesy. It's not in a sense like. Uh, it's whimsical, but yeah. I wouldn't say cheesy. No, exactly. Right. You know, it's not like you're looking at like, oh, you know, you have to like kind of uh, take it with a a grain of salt. You know, it's it's it still kind of holds up in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I think especially for people our age, where yeah. like I said, the effects and things. Are I mean, if you're looking to- are surprisingly good for what you would expect from a television movie. Yeah. Uh, but they're very they're well done and kind of and very nostalgic and there's a lot of stuff in it that you wouldn't think they'd be doing that you didn't think they'd like all that matte paintings and and showing the the, uh, North Pole City you'd think that they they'd try to shoot around that but they completely embrace it they show you stuff here and lastly it was this was nominated for an outstanding children's program 
uh, alongside Punky Brewster and uh, an Ewok adventure. And Reading Rainbow. I don't, I don't think it won, though. Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> I can do, do anything. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> it's in a book. <laughs> the Reading Rainbow. Speaking of songs, did we want to talk about Christmas songs? Oh, yeah. You know, we were going to round this out because I, I came up with fillers because who knows how much we were going to be able to talk about this. Yeah. Because so there's nothing online about it. Yeah. It was just, just the, the title and the cast. Yeah. <laughs> and Jacqueline Smith is from Houston, Texas. <laughs> And Jackie Arcardi <laughs> references Houston, Texas in his story. So I was saying, like, you know, if we don't have a lot to talk about here, um, you know, maybe we can fill this out with some other things. So I was thinking that... Just before we wrap up. Before we wrap this up, because it is getting uh, late uh, in an evening for us. Although this is probably one of the shortest casts we've done so far, which isn't great, you know. It'll <laughs> <laughs> appeal to all those people that are looking for a shorter cast. Yeah, because, you know, we, we get, we're starting to get into the four-hour range. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. People that like the show tend to say, people that listen and they enjoy the show, they tend to tell us, oh, we love that it's long. But it's hard to pitch the, a show to somebody. I've pitched the show to people, and then they're like, dude, why is you're, you're, is this is this time series? Is this three hours long? <laughs> You've doubled the time of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah and, like, and, then, and that's the first thing. It's like, bro. Some people like it. My buddy Dave... Uh, who I brought up, coincidentally, I brought up the first time on the show, not Dave Hastings, another friend of mine, Dave, I brought up in the Star Wars holiday special. Yes. He started listening right around that time. He loves it, because he's like, I, I put it on, I mow the lawn, I get all my shit done while I'm listening to you guys talk about Jason Lives. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I get all my errands done, you guys keep me company the whole time. But when you're trying to say to, like, I when I, you know, I work freelance, so... I'm constantly meeting new people, and they'll be like, oh, you have a podcast. And I'll say, yeah. And then they'll uh, to look at the bag. Two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, what the hell are you talking about for two and a half hours? And we're like, well, you know, uh, you know. Uh. So some of them, it's not, I think it's good that some of them clock in a little bit. <laughs> under the two and a half hours. Yeah, we, we 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 still can't figure out what happened to us. That to, to, to we hit yeah. a mark with uh, the the 1989 Batman. Yeah, we broke the and uh, burst open. The dam broke. I don't know what We've happened. Never after been that. able to reel it back. Yeah, for that. some reason the, the comfortability has become. Uh, it's been it's 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 become. Well, more I always say. I mean, honestly, like I don't go back and listen to a lot of the old ones, but I do often think, like, what were we not talking about then that we were only talking for an hour and fifteen minutes? Uh, maybe we were just jumping into it. Was, there wasn't a lot of banter. I feel like we always kind of bantered as we're doing right now. Uh, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the hell we were doing at the time to be able. But to, so to keep up with the Christmas spirit. Yeah, we were thinking. Beyond suggested. I was saying to myself, I said, self. Um, a lot of people nowadays have, you know, they're, the, they have the regular Christmas fair. If you're going to put like a Christmas Which party on Which is where I thought we were going earlier. And I was like, maybe we should come back around and get to the movie before we get into this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you remember back four hours ago uh, at the beginning of this podcast. Well, uh, we, were, we were saying to, to ourselves, you know, I don't know what the hell people listen to nowadays. <laughs> and, we, you know, we are, we are kind of out of touch with... Uh, with people and, and, and we're out of touch, out of time. I don't know that one. <laughs> Hall notes. No, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. It is Hall notes. Um, so I was saying, to, I was saying to Blake, like, why don't we 
put together like like a, it's like a mixtape. We'll talk about songs that you could put on or you could find, download easily, mm-hmm. and you can put into your Christmas. If you want to work some possibly, I mean, some of them will probably be familiar, but if you want to make, have the possibility of working some new holiday songs into your playlist. Yeah, surpri- if you're having a Christmas party or a Christmas work party, you're emceeing that shit, and you wanted to, to, to add in some uh, some stuff that some people are going to love. Some ours. You know, hope, hopefully emphasizing on ones that might be a little unfamiliar. Yeah, as well as uh, I'm sure some people may know it. Some people maybe from the other side of the pond may know some stuff like this. But um, I guess a lot of, basically, I think for people in the States, there's, there's you know, there's only a tight-knit bunch of songs people may know. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're thinking this may, you know, give you some extra and holiday. And in some cases, like to. I was thinking, you know, sometimes it's just a version that I like. It's a familiar song, but I like a particular version. Yeah, that, exactly. That you might not be familiar with. So, or you might be familiar with. So Who let's knows? kick it off. What do you got here? That, that's well, what's, what's something that some people, well, oh, yeah, people, get your, get, your, get your pen and paper out. We're going to give you the old, well, I'm gonna the, pick, this is the old Blake and Dion Christmas <laughs> mixtape 2017. I'm going to, I would decide the, the one that I would say is probably a rarity. And then you know what? Before Blake says his first time, we were thinking of actually making physical mixtapes and then mailing them out to everybody <laughs> <laughs> but we said after we did one we said this is gonna just take too long you know so we just figured we just, just we just say what we like i will say uh ahead of ahead of everything for the most part i lean towards a jazzy holiday taste yeah things like sinatra or stuff like that who doesn't but <laughs> Because I do, too. But I will say that, uh, and it's also quite timely because late, recently we lost David Cassidy. We did. From uh, the Partridge Family. And there is a part, there is a song on the Partridge Family Christmas album that I've never heard. Maybe it has been done by other people. I've never heard it done by other people. It's the first track on the album, and it's a song called My Christmas Card to You. And it's just, it's a, it's a really... It's a great song. Yeah. And it's not, you know, this is the one that's not jazzy. It's more of like a 60s pop thing. But it's a very, it's a fantastic song. I suggest, I'm sure it's on YouTube or you can, you know, find it to download. I have the Partridge Family album because I bought it on the, off of like Amazon download. So yeah. it's available. Uh, it's called My Christmas Card to You. And it's the one song on that album that isn't like uh, just a cover of Frost. <laughs> David Cassidy does like, I joke, it's the ballad of Frost the Snowman because he does it. He's like, Frosty the Snowman. It's, it's like, like a, a little it's, it's sad. Yeah. It's, it's like the tragic, it's the, it's the cautionary tale. And of he him. does like Blue Christmas. I mean, they do yeah. other, they do a lot of the hits, but uh, this one was a song that I don't know from any of th- anything else other than this album. So yeah. I, I recommend it because it's a good, it's a good tune. Sweet. Okay. I got a couple. Um, the first one I recommend is a, is a is a Pogue song. I hope people know who the Pogues are. It's an Irish band, and there's a song that they did called "Fairy Tale in New York," which is very popular. And a lot of these songs, I think you'll hear in movies in the background, maybe if or TV Christmas TV episodes, maybe playing in the bar or whatever. Uh, if you've certainly watched, say, like The Office, the British version, their Christmas episode, you'll hear a lot of that. Uh, so I would recommend the Pogues with Christy McCall, who um, ended up getting killed by in by a. Uh, a propeller in a boating accident. It was mm. terrible. It got decapitated. God bless her. But um, oh, Christmas cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, completely down. Look, what other Christmas episode are you going to hear about in real life? Decapitation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this one right here. Um, it has a great video, too, that uh, Kevin Dillon's in. A little cameo by Kevin Dillon. Uh, playing a cop. Fairy tale in New York is good. Um, I'll give one more, too. Wham! Does Last Christmas. Love Wham's Last Christmas. That's a cla- well, that's an instance where it's like not an old 
traditional. Oh yeah, you're right. One but, that's yeah. become you know part of the part of the mixtape for for most people. I'd yeah, say, for Christmas. Which what do you got? Because we got we're gonna speed this up. So yeah, you just yeah. rattle a couple off. Uh, when I was really little, I had a record. From like the Peter Pan record, of course, and they had like a Spike Jones, <laughs> the 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 Peppermint Candy Kids. They had they had a song called Morris the Moose. And nice, I, was the oh, I remember I, you saying uh, this. Morris the Moose, and I just love that record when I was little. Uh, a, a friend of uh, an acquaintance of ours, a friend of ours, John Pizzarelli is a jazz guitar player. He had an uh, back in the late nineties. He had an album come out called Let's Share Christmas. And the Great t- album. The two tracks I love from that are he does Slay Ride as an instrumental, which he does. It's the most, I'd say it's the most Pizzarelli track of the album because you get to hear him actually play guitar and do a lot of good stuff. It's a he's, great a, he's a jazz guitarist and singer. Yeah, he does a lot of like the singer songs. And his father's like the, very famous Bucky Pizzarelli. The American Songbook. But yeah. he does a, a instrumental version of that. But he also does a song, which isn't really a Christmas song, but... Um, it's an old kind of standard called what are you doing Christmas Eve? I mm-hmm. mean, uh, New Year's Eve. And I know it from like being Crosby and stuff and something about the way John does it. Uh, John's John doesn't have like a stereotypically like great voice. What I think most people would think of, but John, in my opinion, interprets a lyric really well. And the way he sings makes you really think about what he's singing about. And what are you doing New Year's Eve? His version of that, I find very poignant. Sweet. <laughs> and touching. So uh, it's a song that I've heard done by other people, but it's never really made an impact. I never really thought about it. Yeah. Until I heard him sing it. Um, I guess to keep with the with the jazz there for a minute, um, there's a great version of Bing Crosby with the Andrew sisters doing Jingle Bells. Uh, they do a little, um, of course, um, you know, I think everybody should own, I hope they already own the Sinatra Christmas stuff. Yeah. You know, Sinatra. Sinatra's cap, especially his Capitol record. Yeah. He has, he has probably two really big Christmas albums. He has the Capitol, when he was with Capitol records, it's like the, the, it's like Merry Christmas with, from Frank Sinatra. It's the one where he's like got the hat off looking yeah, at you yeah. like, you know, it's a drawing. Like, and that has one of my favorite Christmas songs of all. Well, I love that album and and in my household growing up it wasn't Christmas until you listen to that album. Of course. But the Christmas waltz on that. That album in particular. Yeah. And at the end he says, Merry Christmas. And yes. he always say, Merry Christmas, Frank. <laughs> yeah, you always gotta say it back to him. And uh, his other album he did when he was with Columbia, he did like, uh, uh, it's, it's, it, uh, another set of Christmas. He does a lot of the same songs, but different arrangements. And it's great. They even do like a version of Ava Maria. And he might even do like a uh, sing a, a prayer at the end of it, which is, um, they might do, uh, he might sing our father throughout heaven, but some of it gets some of both, you know, both of them. Some of them get a little bit on the religious side. Yeah. Of Christmas. But I mean, that was the time the back then. Thing. Yeah. And uh, so both like those also Louis Prima, who uh, hopefully some people will know out there um, is a big, person Blake and I love he has a great song called what will Santa Claus be say uh, what will Santa Claus say which is a good um, good swinging yeah. uh, Christmas tune um, and then getting back to more kind of contemporary there's another band that I, I know British people will love will know called wizard and their song I wish it could be Christmas every day great great tune I highly recommend that uh, another one another uh, British band Slade which is a rock band from the 80s with Naughty Holder as the uh, lead singer who's, who's a very funny guy there's uh, Merry Christmas everybody uh-huh. that's another song what do you anything else you got uh, I, I mean most p- people know the Christmas song we were singing it earlier and people especially know the Nat King Cole version Frank does it on the Christmas album we were just talking about but that song was written by Mel Torme yeah 
And although there are Mel Torme versions out there, it's hard to beat the Nat King Cole version. But there's a live version of Mel Torme. He does that and Autumn Leaves. Oh, wow. That's kind of a the little Autumn medley. Leaves are rolling up. And it's on an album called uh, Too Darn Hot, or you can also get it on the Best of the Concord Years collection. That's a live version, and it's gorgeous. I yeah. mean, people don't think they can give him a lot of credit, enough credit because he's not as popular or famous as Sinatra and stuff, but he has got a gorgeous voice and he really does a beautiful job. So that I love. And just in general, like for some reason, the Brian Setzer orchestra became very big into the Christmas thing. They have like four Christmas albums. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big Setzer fan. He's one of my favorite guitar players. Uh, and so they take this stuff because it's a big band. They go jazzy with it, but they do the the, the Nutcracker Suite. Sweet. It's kind of cool to listen to in that kind of Setzer way. He does uh, your your mean one, Mister Grinch. Nice. He's got a great voice for it. And uh, the Nutcracker Suite is on an album called uh, Boogie Woogie Christmas. And uh, your mean one, Mister Grinch, is on Dig That Crazy Christmas. But you can also find, because he does, every year he does Christmas shows. So there's, yeah. a, there's like a DVD, Blu-ray. There's a CD of like the live versions of this concert. And he does Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch, but as a medley with Stray Cat Strut, which is one of his Oh, yeah. And you love Stray Cat Strut. <laughs> yes. perform, don't you That's, perform that, too? That's I, a, I sometimes do that song. Yeah, so. Not to me. Blake has yeah. a band. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come in. And, and I would just say, in, in general, there's Ultra Lounge. It's like a, it's like a compilation uh, albums put out. It's called like the heading is called Ultra Lounge, and they have they have a couple of Ultra Lounge Christmas cocktails collection. Yeah, I was gonna say I have the Christmas cocktails, which oh, yeah, they oh, have great. like a couple of those, and those like you can't go wrong. Yeah, nothing. So I'm not gonna mention anything specific from yeah, them. Yeah, but there's but a lot of everything from the Ventures to Peggy Lee to, to Elvis Al- <laughs> to, to Lou Rawls yeah. to the great collection, great, great compilations there. Um, I got a couple more too. We have. Um, Let's see, uh, Band Aid, uh, like uh, they did that in the eighties. Do, do, uh, do they know it's Christmas? That was with everybody. That was mm-hmm. a huge thing in in the eighties. Uh, that's a great song. Uh, Greg Lake, I believe in Father Christmas. Cliff Richard, Mistletoe and Wine. Cliff Richard is like a staple in England. He's huge. Uh, Mud, Lonely This Christmas. Bonnie M, who some people may know, she does uh, Mary, Boy, Child, and Oh My Lord. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time. That's a great song. Uh, Pretenders, 2,000 Miles. Uh, what I already said, Greg Lake. Uh, Joni, Jonah Louie, Stop the Calvary, which is a really weird, obscure Christmas song. Shaking Stevens, Merry Christmas, everyone. So, uh, and then last one, Chris Ray, Driving Home for Christmas. So I think that might be, uh, Probably enough. And then there's other kind of albums. There's like a great Phil Spector uh, Christmas album where he has all his wall of sound, uh, like a lot of the female singers doing uh, rearrangements of classic songs, which are great. There's a soul. I think it's called the Soul Christmas album, the original Soul uh, Soul Christmas. Yeah. And that is a compilation also. And at the first track on that, it's Chris Carter, Backdoor Santa. And that is actually people will recognize is sampled in the Run DMC. Uh, you know, it's Christmas time in Holland, Queens. That's the sample from that. Uh, you know, Ray Charles has a great Christmas album out. There's a lot of people who have... Christmas specific yeah. albums, Stevie Wonder, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Jimmy Smith has a fabulous. He's a <laughs> Hammond B three organ jazz uh, player. Uh, Jackson Five, you know. So 
Hopefully they're adding to your Brown. James Brown. Does James Brown have a Christmas album? <laughs> James Brown's have a Christmas album. You know, uh, and then lastly too, there's there's another great one uh, was put out by Capitol, which I just stumbled across on. It's called Christmas on the Range, and it's from the '50s, and it's just um, I guess popular country artists at the time. And I'm not a big country music person per se, but I like older Christmas uh, country stuff like Johnny Cash or uh, what's his face, uh, 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 what's his name, well Hank Williams Sr. and Johnny Horton, but. Uh, they have a compilation of uh, country singers doing Christmas songs, which are really awesome because it's it's like the ventures where they'll all start off as one song. It sounds like another song, but then it turns into like, I'll have a blue, yeah, yeah. you know, so, you know, very good Christmas on the range. So uh, try to add those, especially the singles that we talked about, the, the song Pacific ones, uh, you know, download them, put them on your, uh, on your uh, shuffle, uh, you know, if you're having a party and uh, that's kind of our, you know, you can really spice up and not have the traditional, you know, I don't know what people, like I said, anymore listen to. Like, <laughs> aside from the Vince Guaraldi, uh, yeah, Charlie yeah. Brown Christmas, or... Uh, they got the Darling Love one. Yeah, you know, that, uh, you know, or uh, the Mariah Carey, you said the Mariah Carey song. from that Phil Spector collection you're talking about. Yeah, she, she's probably on there, too. And um, I think that's really about it, you know? And you just add them in, and then, you know... Uh, that'll be great, great rotation for, you know, yeah, for all Christmas listening, you know? So thank you very much. We'll be back in a couple weeks. We may have a Christmas present coming for everyone, uh, it, uh shortly. So we don't want to give you. Depends if Santa delivers it on time. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> Santa got a lot going on this year, as we've already said, and, you know, and, and we don't know what's going on this year with the commercialization. Santa may not be able to get through with all this stuff. So, um, but we'll be back as always in two weeks with another, uh, uh, regular cast that'll be the last one of the year yeah. but we may have a present before then we don't know we'll it's, see. Uh, yeah, we, we, we will see what we'll see so we hope you like the show as we always say please um recommend us to friends give us a listen uh check us out on facebook check us out on twitter check us out on our homepage where we always post extras for each cast here rate, you can rate and review rate and review you can uh you can on itunes and such you can like and uh retweet us you can message us uh uh, on Facebook, you can email us questions, comments, concerns, anything else. Uh, we hope you've liked our 2017 fair so far. We're back in two weeks with another kind of Christmas-centric movie as well to, to end the, uh, the Christmas season. And uh, we hope you have a good Christmas season this year. You're having fun. Try to just sit back and forget about all those daily problems that we all get seem to worries. have. Yeah, and just get some eggnog, get hammered, and don't stress about going home and seeing the family like I do. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine and just, you know, take one day at a time. So we'll see you soon. Later. Ah, oh, a little toddy for the body might just take the chill off. What are you featuring here tonight, Frank? Oh, I got some fine jazz. Oh, it looks clever. Funny thing, I, I keep hearing bells all day. Well, naturally, everybody does this time of the year. What do you say we get aboard the sleigh, huh? Here we go. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Grab the verse. Dashing through the snow yeah. in a one-horse open sleigh. All the fields we go, laughing all the way. While the bells on bobtails ring, tell me about it. Making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bell, 
bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Isn't just a lot of fun? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Merry Christmas. <laughs>